Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dan Shepard, and I'm joined by Mr. Mouse. We're not together. We're over a thousand miles apart. And you drove there yourself in your big, big, big tour bus. <laughs> in big brown. Yes. And so as a disclaimer about this episode, we were knocked in the fucking dirt by Kate Beckinsale. Is that fair to say? What's that mean? We were bowled over. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. She was so shockingly fun, smart, funny, beautiful. I mean, all these are things that <sighs> I, I can't even talk about it. I'm flummoxed. Yeah. It was pretty overwhelming. Fucking went to Oxford, you know? Yeah. A bonafide genie. Okay, well, you know her from the Underworld series and Van Helsling, Serendipity, which I forgot about and stepped in it a little bit, as you'll no, hear. No, you didn't step in it. You had the most amazing ding, ding, ding of all time. Well, that's true. <laughs> when you don't know what's going on, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It was fun for you two because you both knew she was in Serendipity. Anyways, and of course, Pearl Harbor. She has a new movie called Jolt where she plays the most kick-ass bouncer with a slightly murderous anger management problem. As we talked about, she basically got to play my dream role of someone who snaps all the time and handles their business physically. Yeah, you love that. So it's streaming on Amazon. Please enjoy Kate Beckinsale. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you, uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. The best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by Uber Eats. Spring is here and now you can get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana, that's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry, no. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. He's an Okay, so sit there by the microphone. Have you ever done a podcast? First of all, never done a podcast. Uh huh. Have you ever listened to one? Yes, usually if it's involving murder. I have yeah. listened to yours. Oh, you have? I just wanted to check out what the fuck what was the going fuck? On. <laughs> what all the hubbub was about? Yeah. It didn't live up to the hype, did no, it? No, it was really. It was very pleasant. It was very pleasant. <laughs> Who did you listen to? I did a few. Prince Harry. See what you do with him. You, yeah, you have to as a Brit. Have to. Yeah. I doubt you listen to that one to the end, but at the end, I laid out this thing where I work with a British dude, and he's super smart, and we're generally on the same page. Right. And his reaction to the Oprah interview was so different than, like, what mine was. Right. Which I couldn't put my finger on, because we're kind of simpatico. And then I realized, like, you can't underestimate patriotism. 
It's weird. My family were all Trotskyists, so we weren't really like buying the tea towels on the royal wedding. You know, <laughs> we were like selling socialist newspapers on yeah, street you, corner. You as a kid, right? You were yeah. peddling. Not me. I mean, occasionally me, but we had sort of minors showing up at our door and the royal family really weren't a thing mm-hmm. for us. <laughs> However, it still sort of lives in you because you're from England. So, yeah. But the funny thing is about that interview is I feel like on a Monday you can watch it and be like, oh my God, the most sympathetic ever. And on a Tuesday, you could be like shady. Depending on how you feel. Depending on how you feel. Like yeah. it could go either way. We don't know any of these people. Yeah. Like I don't know anyone involved. How the fuck do I have to have an opinion? Uh-huh. Okay. The thing I'm taking home mostly is the older I get, I shouldn't presume to have an opinion about anything. Mm. Even things that have happened to me in my own life because there's always like somebody else's perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? I totally agree with you. And as I get older, I trust my perspective less and less. Less and less. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, we're so fallible. I miss that kind of absolutely no, there's one side to this situation only vibe I had in my 20s because now I'm just kind of like, yeah, I have no idea about everything. And nor does anyone. And I feel a certain way politically, but then if you happen to try not to be in an echo chamber and watch the other side of it, you can go, I see where that could be persuasive. I'm not persuaded, but I can see it. Yes. I totally get it. So that's a bit disconcerting yeah. as well. Yes, totally. Yeah, so we've just become kind of more woolly and nervous, I suppose. But okay, I found your childhood to be very, very interesting. So did I. Almost spy novel-esque. <laughs> we start with the fact that both your parents were actors. Right. Which is novel in itself. Uh, and they supported you in themselves through that. Yeah? What? They made a living? Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. the rarest of the rare. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Your father in particular was quite popular, yeah? My father was really, really well known in England and really beloved and still is. Had that kind of magical thing that made old grandmas love him and everybody have a crush on him and men want to be his friend. He just had that. Yeah. I don't have that, actually. Yeah. I can be fairly polarizing, but they loved him. Let's earmark your polarizing for later. But I mean, so fucking young. Her dad died at 31 oh, of a heart. No. That is, it's a miracle to me that he could have even been that well known at 31. Me when too. you When yeah. you think now, like, how could he have even been known yet? I know. And not only that, but like, indelibly imprinted on everybody's kind of consciousness for de- I mean he's continues to be I think far more famous than I am in England oh really yeah because yeah, his shows are constantly repeated it's like he was in taxi and then three other things like taxi right you know what I mean wow. so they were the, the really he's big, like the Ted Danson yeah except he was also just like young and naive and very handsome and mm. you know like, like a he Brad just like, Pitt type Oh, yeah, wow. but funny and sort oh, of... Oh, affable. Yeah. Nice. All the stuff. I know. Thank God I wasn't a boy. I'd <laughs> was never been able to leave <laughs> well, my Yeah. Head. Was he a tall gentleman? Yeah, he was tall, really super handsome, really great guy. Those people die, I suppose. They just leave the... <laughs> leave the well, <laughs> and in some weird way, I feel less bad about that, if I'm being honest. Like, no. Oh, because well, you just had a nice well, life. Well, like, if I died, no one should weep. I've already had, like, 20 times as good of a life as a human should have on planet Earth. Right. Like, an inappropriate amount of attention, whatever, approval. Yeah. Like, don't cry for me, you I know. We will, anyway. Don't oh, do it today. We'll schedule it. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you're a new species for me because I've never run into you. I've never seen you in real life. No, but probably I wasn't ever going out when you were because I have a 22-year-old. So I was home until about four years ago. Right. And you probably were out and now you're not. Yeah, that's, that's so you know pretty I mean? accurate. I think we probably yeah. missed each other there. So you're much taller than I was expecting. And I imagine that's something we might have in common when people meet you. They're like, oh, you're so much taller. Yeah, for that? some reason, 
I get trolled constantly for <laughs> being like five feet tall. Mm, my, which is really? odd. Like, I've never said I was five. I, I've never ever crossed my mind that I was a really short, tiny person. But that's what people. <laughs> that's <laughs> what you come across. Yeah, which I find really weird. weird. Like, I feel I've got hands like the size of LeBron. I just, <laughs> if anything, feel like this kind of giant, kind of haggard creature coming in. So. Anytime I take a picture with anyone, they're like, well, you're clearly standing on a box. Like, oh. Wow, I'm actually Whoa. just not. Like, I'm five feet eight. I'm not making, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's a, not that tall, but it's, nice. it's pretty it's tall. tall. It's tall. When you put a heel on, you're seven feet tall. But, like, it's it's not crazy tall and it's not crazy short. But they, no. I do get trolled for it a lot. Yeah. You, uh, what a weird thing It's that really weird. Do. Yeah, everyone was quite upset that I was taller than Vin Diesel the other day. But I did have... You know, <laughs> Oh well, that's God. now you're kind of you're mixing up a lot of different issues. How tall is he? Well, I think people want like want he's their guy. Yeah, they want him. It's kind of like yeah. when you're a kid and you grow up and you're like you love Sylvester Stallone. He's right. Rocky, and then you come to find out, oh, he's not inordinately tall. Yeah, and yeah. Then, Vin Diesel also isn't five feet tall. Like it's no, not like yeah. I'm not now fine. making a hole. I'm not like yeah. you're not outing him. <laughs> no, he's like a normal sized dude. Yes, no one has a problem here. There's no pathology <laughs> no, in the height. There's no secret. No, but at yeah. the same time, I think the fans of Vin Diesel, they want him to be like 6'3". Yeah. Yeah. But it's so yeah. patriarchal. Of course. Well, he, he, Both. Yeah, but, but they want you to be tiny and they want him to be huge. Yeah, and they want me to not only be tiny, but to be like pissed about the fact that I'm tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like... Monica's doing just fine at five feet tall, and so is Kristen. I, if anything, I think it's an advantage. Oh, sure. You know, scuttle away quicker. And yeah, well, sure, you can, can scamper. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't scamper. We had a whole thing the other day with my friend Alex, who can wear a little dress. Because mm -hmm. if you're little and you wear a little dress, it's not like a big deal. If I wear a big dress, I feel like, I mean, I've sort of arrived. Right, oh, like you're on your way to a ball. So, yeah. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Like yeah. Making a big deal. We're like, something. you're already 5'8". Just kind of yeah, put some jeans down. on. Or, yeah. or a, a silk kimono or whatever. Exactly, whatever. What is that? What are oh, you wearing? It's beautiful. the closest thing I could get to pajamas. Yeah, it's and like not a feel bad about myself. Silk pajama it's item. Really cute. Yeah, it's a distracting outfit. It's, it's is it? Yes, in a wonderful way. There's like a lot going on. You've got some kind of. There's an Asian flair to the top. We well, would agree with that. I'm partially. Monica? I have a pie of a small amount of Asian. That's Mind right. You? You're a bit Burmese. I am a bit Burmese. Now your father was a bit Burmese. My father yeah. was slightly more Burmese even than I am. His dad was Burmese. So I do have some of those. I mean, first of all. No one believes me about it until they see my baby pictures in which I look like an actual male, middle-aged Chinese man. Okay, wow. sure. Um, <clears throat> and really do look like mm, that. So mm -hmm. then it's like, oh my goodness. But I get all the things that Asian people get, like the keloiding and can't really drink alcohol. Oh, oh you get the, you have the things. enzyme where you're, you get yeah. red if you drink alcohol? I don't even get red. I just hate, it hates me on so many levels. I just don't even. Yeah, let's get right into that. This, this is so peculiar about you. Your claim is that you've <laughs> never been drunk. Okay. okay, I did on Gay Pride have three quarters of a glass of champagne in Craig's and feel a bit tired once, but that's it. Okay, so you've gotten drowsy. <laughs> drowsy. I've never been like sick or anything. Okay. I've never like... Yeah, but have you felt... Inebriated. Inebriated, yeah. Not normal. Three sips in, I feel like that. So then I yeah. stop. Oh, so you feel a little disinhibited. No, I feel you... really tired. My legs oh. feel weird. Okay. I panic that I'm having a stroke <laughs> and then I stop. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, it's not for me. That sounds really pleasurable. <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. Did you feel like you were missing out when you were younger? No. no. I don't think I'm inhibited in that kind of... I'm not. You don't need that lubricant. I don't. And because also I've never had it. I don't have that thing of like, wow, this would be so much easier if mm. I was a little bit buzzed because I've just never really had it. Right. But also it, it was tiresome because if you don't drink, especially when I was at Oxford and I was 18, 
everybody makes a massive deal out of it and yeah. that everyone's kind of purpose in life is to make sure you get drunk and shit yourself. Oh, okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Which I actually didn't, but you avoided it became that. like a, I was having to kind of pour drinks in plant pots and things uh-huh. to get out of it. Uh, How pumped are you? I know. About what? Well, we're unifiles. we're unifiles. We don't know why either, but we are. We love like Stanford and Harvard. Fancy oh, schools. oh, really? And I mean, Oxford is the pinnacle. Are you guys no college? No, we didn't. No, know that. I went to UCLA <laughs> and she went to Georgia. That's still, that. that's still good. They're school, good, they but they're not Oxford. UCLA studio. much better than oh, Georgia. No, but. no. He's just upset because I graduated summa cum laude and he didn't, and so he. Well, likes if I had to gone make... to Georgia, I could have been the Val Victorian. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry that we made you wait into our our feud. No, I love it. It's so <laughs> fascinating. But yeah, we are very impressed by fancy schools, which is weird because we also are very critical of status by all measures. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can be all the things at the same time yes. you're right you yes. know you can support Mixed messages megan and harry at the same time as going don't want to go on holiday with them oh but i do but, but i'm not yeah. saying i don't but i'm saying you know one you can. can occupy both of those positions That's at the right. same time yeah That's i'm right. super critical of the concept of a monarchy i railed on it on here a million yeah, times but you it's liked preposterous him. but i loved him right. yeah and if he wants to invite me to one of those manners you I'll would go, go. yes would you shoot a pheasant I mean, I, draw I don't. The line on I don't want to, but I'll fire in the air and act like I'm a bad shot. No, you would not. Oh, you think it would be too much for my pride to be yes. a bad shot? That's a you good would one. suddenly get very mask and have to kill everything. No, because even as a boy, as much as what you saw walking in, that I have some <laughs> masculine pursuits. It's kind of like, are you trying to cover something? Yes. I really was like, what is happening here? Yeah, that's there's a, a lot, lot of, of effort to look masculine, right? Yeah. Um, we're referring to the fact that I was packing a trailer that has three motorcycles, a quad, and a razor on it. And I'm still trying to get more motorized vehicles on it uh, before we go. But no, I always diverged from boys at this point when they would get a turtle and then they'd get a rock and they'd they start would, they, and they would yeah. go crazy. And I always hated it. I hated, hated, hated it. Yeah, little boys torture animals. Oh. It's terrible. Especially serial killer boys. Yeah, I would say maybe exclusively. Well, we all know (laughs) that, that they like to torture animals. But I got to tell you, where I grew up, that would open up the pool to serial killers to the thousands. Well, because people like to put things inside a fish and watch the fish explode and things like that. Yeah, they put like M80s in fish's mouth. These kids, they found this turtle and they put it on the railroad tracks and I hate it. And they all stayed and watched and I split. Meanwhile, me and Alex bonded over the fact that when we were kids and we were given a chocolate bunny at Easter... Even though we are immensely greedy, we wouldn't eat it because we've had empathy feelings for the bunny. So no. that's the other side. Both of us, yeah. It would sit there and eventually go white after seven <laughs> years. Are you vegetarian? I'm not anymore. I was, but okay. I kept fainting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 That'll... I'll <laughs> do it. Yeah, yeah that'll make you question it. Yeah. Who's got time to feign all of them? No. All of the I place? did have, but I don't anymore. <laughs> but okay. if you were scared when you took three sips of champagne and you your legs felt weird and you thought you were going to have a stroke, I can imagine you just being scared all the time that you were going to faint. And yeah. that you, like you probably had some I'm just I'm like a, I'm a, yeah, a little bit of that and also just sort of generally a bit of a tuning fork. I'm sort of like those cows that go, oh, I'm going to lie down because there's a thunderstorm. I'm like that person. Got but it. with everything. Okay, back to your parents. Oh, Go yeah. ahead. Wait, how old were you when your dad died? Five. Okay. Yeah. 
So it's interesting because I'm sure for you, there's probably tons of memories associated with that. Tons. Yet we both have children. And if I asked my six-year-old what happened last year, she'd have nothing. Like, I'm always shocked with how shitty their memories are. Except I think when there's a cataclysmic event, it puts everything into a real sharp focus. It, like, locks it into a... I think so. It seems like this would be really easy to happen. My father didn't die, but they got divorced, and I just made him the villain in the story. Like, he was the villain because he was single and my mom raised us. As I'm getting older, I'm realizing he wasn't, and and everyone was fucked up. Parenting's a long game. It is, and so I just wonder if, like, a parent dies when you're five, it could be really easy to create a character of them that was, like, perfect. Well, especially because, I keep bringing up Prince Harry, but I remember when their mother died. I was in New York. And seeing them in the context of other people sort of grieving for somebody they didn't know, but that was a, and I thought, oh my God, I really know what that feels like. Like theirs was on a much, much bigger scale. Yeah, yeah. But people were standing in the street with the evening paper sobbing. I remember driving around with people seeing, like when my dad died. And that was quite weird. And did people feel entitled as well to like console you or your mother when you were out or bring it up well, a lot? People, well, no, they, people would talk about how terrible they felt that they had lost him, but then say, you probably don't remember anything to you because you were trying. It was, oh. that, that, would, yeah. that would really upset me as a child. I Absolutely. find that really difficult. But then the person you're sharing it with is saying you have less right to this yeah, than I do, mm-hmm. which was really odd. I found that difficult. As I'm older, I don't obviously get offended by it so much. And there is something incredibly special and comforting about how much other people loved him that sort of the longer it goes on lovely yeah it was hard at the very very beginning because it did feel like you were having this very personal horrible crisis and so was everybody else but you didn't know them that felt a bit weird yeah well i would feel like i don't want to share this with people this is so devastating and it's mine but the other thing is you're five so like your father suddenly drops dead and everybody in the world acts like it's a you don't know that that's not normal. That's yeah. the only thing I've true, really true, true. known. Like, I've right. never had the experience where my father drops dead and everybody carries on their lives like nothing happened, which I think must be also horrendous. I doubt there's a great version. I of, don't think there's a great yeah. version, yeah. no. Yeah. But it, to me, it's like that was kind of a normal thing. And then if every time I had to sort of go to camp and give my last name, people would go, are you related to? And then go into a complete state oh, about it. Wow. And did, well, yeah, and did you, this is the thing that would anger me most, is did you feel like all of a sudden you had to console these strangers? Like they would get emotional and somehow it was on your shoulders to be, yeah, yeah, like I suppose help them that. out? It did make me angry though. The thing was, my dad died in 1979. I think John Lennon died in 1980, was it 80 or 81? Yeah. And similar sort of response. And I was at a Catholic school at the time. So I sort of had my dad, John Lennon and, God, kind of all conflated in my mind. Right, that's interesting. Because my dad was also really into like that kind of music. And well, you said guitar. he was a communist. So. No, 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 <laughs> no, that's no, your stepdad. Step yeah, yeah, yeah. Step yeah. No, but he was into like guitar and Beatles and blah. He, my mom was in hair. They would sit and sing stuff. And so I really did have all those things. I knew they weren't each other, but they were all kind of associated. Higher beings. Yeah, which I don't hate that as a holy trinity for me. No, <laughs> no, no. Cool. Yeah. It reminds me of this wonderful meme I saw. It was Jesus with his hands like this. And he said, God, can you hear me? It's me, you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I will not ever grasp that, I don't think. (laughs) Okay, back to five. And then mom remarries at nine. Yeah. So the really crappy thing was when my father died, my mom was actually in hospital having this incredibly big surgery to 
she, they wanted another child uh -huh. and she had a bunch of scar tissue mm. and so she had this eight hour surgery mm. though she was kind of cut from hip to hip and it was like a oh. three four week in a hospital thing but in 79 i'm sure they did it it was pretty horrendous yeah. and anyway so she went in perfectly healthy and then was obviously in a wheelchair and in a state and then right after she had the surgery my father died while she was still in the hospital. Oh. So oh. she then had to come out three weeks early and oh sort of God. tell everybody and me and also but be in a wheelchair kind of whacked out and not oh doing my So God. It, it was kind of horrific, actually. And so it was also that period of time where people weren't saying, maybe you should have a counsellor. You just were sent to school the next day, like straight away. Yeah. So that definitely was a lot. What role in that did you take? Did you grow up quickly? Did you attempt to comfort your mother? Did yeah. you... Definitely comfort my mother, but also quite worried that everybody else was going to die as well. And we didn't have like a massive extended family at the point. My, my mom's parents weren't alive and... So it was a weird period of time. Like shortly after that, we had a new house, new school. I would sort of con the au pair into saying I was allowed to bring the, the cat to school when my mom was at work. And, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, so I think I was kind of attention-seeking in that way of like yeah. showing up to school with a cat. Do you feel like everyone at school, like the other kids felt really bad for like that would happen in our school like someone's dad would die mm. and I feel like the worst part was they'd come back and everyone's just kind of like looking at them side eye I remember the day I, I remember the next day really well going back to school and being very slightly late and thinking thank god thank god thank god no one's going to be able to say anything to me yeah and sitting down and everyone was, they were sort of going around the class reading and I was thinking, oh my God, I just don't want anyone to mention this. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. really embarrassed as yeah. well as everything else. Yeah. And, um, and then this boy who was a friend of mine p pushed something across the table at me. And I was like, oh God. And it was a, a bookmark with a prayer on it. And all I felt was that I wanted to smash his face into the table. Of like course. I, I, it, which is so awful because he was being sweet. But yeah. I just kind of remember that kind of shocking feeling of being like just rage from yeah. that. Everybody was very nice, but it, it is a weird feeling. I mean, I worked with this charity called Winston's Wish. And there's, there's various things here as well that, that have it that are a real program for kids who've lost a parent. And apparently it's one of the most common things is yeah. this kind of feeling really ashamed of it. Because oh, also really? I didn't have and nobody else in my family had a a parent who died. Like, yeah. It just seemed like a really extra thing that nobody yeah. else had. So. Yeah. But then you remained clearly, if you got into Oxford, you like remained a high achiever. Were you just ignoring the whole thing? No, I really fell apart over it probably about 15. It took about 10 years for it to really pop out. I had a, a rough couple of years then. You did? Yeah, but like I said, my family were very kind of sort of supportive of psychoanalysis and yeah, all yeah. that kind of thing. So they kind of got me through. I sort of feel like all of that episode taught me how to kind of critically appreciate literature more than anything. <laughs> Symbolism. Yeah. And it was actually kind of kind of intellectually quite a stimulating period of time. Did you yeah. crave control? Because like if anything could make you feel completely out of control, it would be that this cornerstone of your life disappears. So did it yeah. have you like searching for control? I had a very chaotic childhood and I thought I just liked writing, but I have since realized I loved writing because I controlled everything yeah. that happened within the world. Yeah. And I also loved writing as well. So I, yeah, maybe. I don't know that I was necessarily consciously looking for that. Well, right. I don't think any of us know we are. But you know, when somebody like feels like they're a control freak, I don't feel like a control freak. I never really felt like a control freak. Yeah, I don't think you have to 
parade through life being controlling to no, be searching. But like wanting to kind of be the sort of architect of the world that you occupy, I suppose. Like I had OCD stuff. I had a bunch of ticks that I developed right. for a period of time, right. which I didn't find out until I was like 40. Oh, that's you trying to control yeah. these little things in an attempt to have some leverage over this very chaotic world. But also part of that seems really sensible to me anyway, whether you've got a dead parent or not, because... Like being alive and in the world is so unbelievably risky and fucked mm -hmm. anyway. It is. Like how do people not have ticks and issues? Like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. who are those people? Yeah. To me, it's kind of like, you're accepting this? Yeah. You like it's normal? Because it's yeah. not. This older than me gentleman from this AA meeting I've been going to for 17, 18 years, I kind of collect things he says. He always says uh -huh. everything's so great. And he's like, you know, there's all this pressure to not have fear and confront your fear well the world this is a scary place yeah. we hosted the holocaust after all and i was like what a way to say it yes we hosted. on this planet we hosted the holocaust yes yeah. it's worth yeah. uh, being a little bit afraid of what can yeah. happen here yeah i mean i think there's a real fine line between being completely unconscious and also paralyzed. You're right. There's a little zone where you're like not naive and it's not destroying yeah. you. Yeah. It's a very yeah. small bandwidth. It really is. So my mom remarried <laughs> and I had an older sister and I already knew her. Like she was a couple grades ahead of me in my elementary and oh, I already wow. had a crush on her. Mm. And now I lived with her. Wow. And she was in love with my brother who was five years older than me. It was like a crazy love triangle. And no one liked the other person, of course. It all stayed Aww. above board. But I think it's funny that like parents who do this, <laughs> who combine families, they're just kind of proceeding with the assumption like, well, they'll be siblings. Well, no, they're just people. people. And, yeah. and now yeah. that the strangers in their house and they're attractive, like, guess what? It's not against the law. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's, nothing, yeah. there's no moral issue here. None. <laughs> you know, it's just awkward if your children are dating. I just also feel like it's going to be hard to keep that attraction when you're like sharing a small bathroom with them and <laughs> you're at that age. Yeah. You're immature and or it prepares you really well for marriage. You know right, what I mean? Like right? you just look at it that way. That's true because like there's no getting out. Yeah. Like you guys all have to stay here to your 18. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the worst case scenario of like dating a co-star. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've never done. Not once. No. Apart from, I suppose, in a play once and I got a baby. Well, hold on. Sheen you met working, yeah, right? Yeah, in a play. At one time, yeah. Okay, well, play. we don't count plays as work. Don't really. I don't really <laughs> count that. I don't really, because it's not really the same thing. Well, you're right. You're not in a bubble as much, right? Not really. No, you're sort of having your life and then going to work for a couple of hours at the end of the day. It's, mm -hmm. not, it's not like you're all in Mauritius for three months. Well, what really will get you, and I'm shocked you haven't had one, is it's the location. So you're in fucking yeah. Romania. And you're lonely yeah. and you miss everyone yeah. and you're a human. And I was with somebody for all those years where you might do that. And so I didn't. Yeah, you're such a serial monogamous. Because you did like eight years and then what, like 15 years or something? Yeah, yeah. I'm similarly boring, but I had an open relationship for nine of those years. So I do oh, have so some, you did. Okay. So some you fun stories. Yeah. So yeah. you had sex with the old sibling and went back home. <laughs> yes, yes. I called I tried I, it all. I tracked Heather yeah. down once I was on TV. And I was like, you blew what, it. How about me now? <laughs> <laughs> huh? I have a bunch of off-road vehicles now. You're, you're telling me you're still not interested, huh? <laughs> so when you went away to Oxford, you specifically were interested in Russian literature. And one of my big obsessions is Dr. Sievsky, are oh, yeah. you a fan? Yeah, yeah, I was a big fan because I did French and Russian. Yeah. It's actually kind of a lot because you're doing language and literature of both. So yeah. you turn yeah. up and you realize that your friends who are doing English or whatever have like a tutorial every three weeks and you've got like 
grammar classes and lessons and speaking and this. And also you've got to write, they'd say, we're doing Dostoevsky. And you go, pardon? Yeah, yeah, what do you yeah, mean yeah. we're doing the whole of Dostoevsky? Your, your essay is like the oh whole thing. Yeah. And then you have to read it in the language as well. So you were reading it in Russian. Yeah. I mean, it takes longer though. Well, you're going to yeah, stumble duh. across the it, odd thing where you're like, what is this? I have yeah. to look it up. So I found it really exhausting. It actually put me off reading for about four years because I had to do so much of it that the last thing I was going to do in my free time was like, I think I'll kick back and read again. Yes, yes, yes. And I've yes. always been so passionate about reading that that really it. threw me. After that, I don't feel like reading. Who am I? It's kind of like when you love a sport and then all of a sudden you're doing it in yeah. pursuit of like the next level and all of a sudden it gets muddled. Or working in a donut shop and then you don't like donuts anymore. That's right. It you happens to. Imagine. Although our friend Jess has been a waiter at Houston's for 22 and years. And he still likes the food. And he food. fucking he loves, loves it. it. He really? found out I was going a couple nights ago. He's like, I'll come. That's how good Houston's is. Yeah, that's, that's a true. big ad for him. It's a yeah. testament to Houston's. Yeah. But I want to ask you this because I don't know that I've met anyone else I could ask this question to. So what I love about Dostoevsky, and I can't say it, but I love him, is there is like a sociopathy to it. There is this mm -hmm. very detached, yeah, like I'm a robot in this human world and I'm aware of all the things, but I'm not connecting in the way these right. other people seem to be. Mm -hmm. And I, of course, when I was younger, felt that way. Yeah, No, it's like the literary equivalent of the Smiths. Yes, yeah. what a great, totally. well done, love the Smiths, love the Smiths. <laughs> so many people identify because it's this kind of isolated, awkward, detached person. And with this uncanny understanding of how all humans are thinking and operating, yeah. Yeah. yet it's almost like a sociopath. Like yeah. they might be great at empathy, like empathy is this like catch-all phrase for positive, but right. no, like they say that con artists have the highest level of right, empathy. Exactly. And, sociopaths do but i always have wondered is it him is that his voice or does something happen when you translate russian to english i think there is a little tiny because i was really into that too yeah. that weird fuzzy flat thing of a translation i actually love that me too yeah and it's particularly in a russian rather than like a french yeah there is this kind of like even with like Chekhov or with all of those things you get this kind of weird vibe that i do think some of it is the translation yeah like because also forget they've got like millions of verbs of motion so they don't say i'm going they say they're specific in every single possible way so when oh. the verb is i'm going you've already implied whether you're walking whether you're coming back whether you're in a vehicle whether you're, oh. so their language is just different yeah i imagine that like if i were reading it in russian it would have more of a, slightly, a passion or a color hotter i feel like yeah yeah but when it comes through in english it's like it's all but blue I, but i love that yeah i yeah. dig it but the other thing i love about russia is i, I went there on a press trip not that long ago and the, the guy who picked me up from the airport was like who's your favorite writer and i was like wow <laughs> We don't have have drivers like that. No, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't so, come across. So, what's one. your opinion on Dickens? I tend to very rarely have. I'm sure yeah. there are some, but like this was just like the first guy. He was like very passionate about all the. I love that. Now, do you think he was very savvy? No, okay. he really wasn't. He wasn't. No, yeah. but obviously he found out that I spoke Russian because I was speaking Russian. So he was like, "Oh, oh holy mm. shit, you can still speak Russian." I mean, especially... Will you tell me how ugly I look in <laughs> Russian? Just something. Just... No, I'll feel stupid. No, come on. <laughs> Don't force her. I'm going to force her. Oh, but I do God. know, like, Uber has been really good for me practicing because mostly everyone's Armenian or 
Ukrainian or something, so they tend to speak Russian, and so I can yeah. have a little practice in there. And they must be so thrilled. They're usually quite pleased because they think they assume I'm American. They definitely don't mm. think any Americans speak Russian. Of yeah. course. Yeah. But I'm going to add, and I said I wasn't going to talk about your looks, but I'm going to talk about your looks. You get in the back of an Uber car, there's already a fucking tan in the back. You're <laughs> like, wow, I don't pick these up often. This is rare. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having Because you were, some... not to out you, you were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be <laughs> Rob and I received some texts this Yeah, I was locked morning. out of my therapy setting, which is this attic. <laughs> <sighs> but then you felt much better after. I felt much better, and I even made some apologies. Um, talking things out can be so helpful, and if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artists, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I don't want this to come across rude, but you're brilliant. Mm -hmm, We've been here mm -hmm. for a half hour and I can tell that. 
do you ever feel like, man, no one gets to know that about me because as an actor, like you're always playing somebody else and we have a, a general reputation of actors like uh-huh. not being, which I don't I have agree to, with. I don't it. think it's been a massive advantage in this industry. Yeah. I think if I was 30% less smart, <laughs> I'd have been a lot happier. Yeah. I really, and I think in life anyway, I think I'm sure some therapist at some point has said that to me. Yes. Um, just in terms of life. but And that's not to be going, oh my God, I'm so smart. I just think it would be nice to take the brain out and put it in the glass of water occasionally. Ooh, you know what I mean? Like, like dentures. We've talked about that before too. Like is life happier for people who... Yeah, is, is ignorance bliss? Yeah. I think probably a bit. I think there's a balance. I think when you have a really, really bright kid, I don't know if you remember those kids at school, like, mm-hmm. a really bright kid, fucking a mess, yeah. like miserable. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, why yeah. is that kid so annoying? It's always the yeah. most annoying kid. And it's like, oh, it's gifted. I'm like, oh, poor thing. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, they're like operating on a different level. And the, the only outlets they have are these dumbasses that are picking their noses and like drop their lunch. <laughs> yeah. I, it must be frustrating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what really I mean? I, just, I, don't, I don't think it necessarily means it's like I'm smart and therefore everything's coming to me easy. The one thing I do think is that I've certainly never been insecure about it. And given that the assumption, because I'm an actress. Mm-hmm. And well, and good I've, looking. Like, that's you, another that's, element. That's yeah. not something I've been ever particularly confident about, actually. So growing up, I was never in any doubt about being smart and being treated as smart. But growing up, I also looked like a sort of baby walrus. Mm. So I had teeth this big when okay. I was seven. Let me see your... Can you- Oh, yeah. A decent size, but in a seven-year-old head, it's like a a Halloween pumpkin. Like, it took me a minute to be... Yeah, they're not inordinately big, but I guess if we make it... up until I was about, I don't know, 32, Uh I looked like Matt Damon. Oh! We love love We love Matt Damon, but as a woman, you don't want to be Matt Damon. (laughs) He's kind of a masky man. That's Monica's number number one. one. So she might be willing to... I hit that. Oh, I really got the bullseye. I didn't do research on that either. I want you to guess mine now. Is it a man or a woman? Who knows? Because you, no, seem, you seem like you'd have boy crushes. I, I have tons. the yeah. biggest boy crushes. I could talk to you about Brad Pitt for the next six Is hours. Is it Brad Pitt? Not Jude Law? I'd had you for more of a Jude Law. Brad Pitt, interesting. Brad Pitt now or Brad Pitt, Legends of the Fucking Ball. every... Any type every of Every molecule, <laughs> every second. Every time I think like we've hit peak Brad, then know, he's he in the Once energy. Upon it's a crazy. Time yeah. and I'm like... Oh, he's not as cut as Fight Club, but somehow this is cooler. Yeah, or he's got that kind of really long, weird, greasy hair over his shirt, and it still looks cool. Every haircut he has, I'm like, I gotta do that He does really well with hair. He He doesn't put a foot wrong, really. For a blonde, the hair is thick. And also, for a blonde, because a blonde man, to me, is in the sort of general that's not a serious man correct you know what I mean correct yeah that's a that's a boy that's That's a a, cupcake that's right (laughs) it's a silly boy and he's not really that cupcakey at all he's quite he's got gravitas yeah Yeah, he sure does also his aesthetic I like people who have a real aesthetic in life and he has an aesthetic in Uh his clothing in the motorcycles he buys in the cars he likes but it's not annoying not at all. Yeah. It's, it's not out loud. You're never, no, going, you're never going, oh, it's so sad. He's now 50 and he's wearing a leather jacket that makes him look tragic. He's never doing that. It's not like Johnny Depp where it's like, oh my God, how much accoutrement are you wearing? Like, <laughs> is there a suitcase? In, in a restaurant and he was wearing at least five hats, one on top of the other. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, okay, but also, but also respect that you were like, this looks good, and also this looks good, and actually I love, it. and you know what? Uh, Fuck it, I'm going to Craig's. Yeah, I mean, look, I, oh my god, I, I have different accolades I can give him because I obviously I think I think he's done incredible stuff, but just mm-hmm. Pitt, just the effortlessness, the the physique off the charts, the the, the aesthetic, his passion is architecture. I think that's cool. Yeah, he doesn't just, seem arrogant, which is crazy. No, yeah. or he's hiding it amazingly exactly. well. Exactly. Props for that. Exactly, that's mm-hmm. impressive yeah. in its own right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Have you had any run-ins with him? Nope. None. No, I mean, at award shows. Award and things, shows. But what, who's your Jude Law's for you? That's the no. Michael's was Jude Law when we were dating, so I always assume oh, that's everybody's. Oh right. That's so in keeping with Michael, can, though. But Michael was also playing his lover in a movie about Oscar Wilde at the time, so he might have got carried away in his head. Ooh. Sure, but also that's on brand for him. Is it? Yes. Michael Sheen. Because he's like he's an artistic actor. I guess I need a big. You need a big strong, man. Yeah, yeah, a big strong yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Now I'll tell you, Brit. I love. Is it Tom Hardy? I do love Tom Hardy. That's not who I was going to say. <laughs> That's a good guy. I was going to say Clive Owen. Clive uh, Owen. <sighs> when I watched Closer, did you see Closer? Well, funny enough, I workshopped that play before it was even a play with Patrick Marber. Wow. Really? So that part, the Natalie Portman part, was my part that we workshopped, and then I was asked to do it in the West End, at the National. It was between that or Last Days of Disco, and I was like, which one scares me more, because they're both terrifying, so I did did Last Days of Disco, because it was American, I hadn't done that before. Yeah, but I've always felt really connected to that, because I was kind of in the sort of gestation of that. Um, Yeah. Wow, you stumbled upon that, how cool. Some serendipity happened. (laughs) No, she was in serendipity. No, oh, I did not know that. Oh my God. My oh my fan. God. Oh You're my not God. The who left a magnet in my mailbox the other day saying, I have gas and I know how to use it, but no note. Oh, God. I've got first a very all, strange stalker. First oh, no. of all, that would make me very intrigued. No. I'm not promoting stalking, but. Me neither, but, but what an interesting good, take. Uh, thank you. Because all we crave <laughs> so is novelty. Weird. Well, last year on my birthday, someone delivered a, f- a live rabbit. <gasps> To my house, which is why I've had to move because I was living like in a house that was on the street. Yeah, you oh, So ultimately, I get a lot of mail from people in prison and things, and then when they get out, they would bring me a rabbit. Oh my oh, gosh. This is, this is um, horrifying. Yeah, it makes me scared. Yeah. I mean, it was a lovely rabbit, and eventually it became a very beloved pet of my gardener. Oh, it was daughter. alive. No, a live rabbit with a cage oh, well, and a list of like its name is Marvel and, uh, 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 and a bunch of hay. Oh, was that but its name, Marvel? Its name, what? Well, it isn't anymore. But it's but. so there's a comic book fan. Yeah. It was like a two year old rabbit. Just oh, wow. That's a middle aged rabbit, I, guess. I think. I mean, it was in great condition, but it was also <laughs> a weird thing Low to suddenly. Miles? It had been brought in an Uber. I didn't know. I was like, where did this come from? Oh, you arrived by my Uber. God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what an interesting life. So I'll life. take the fart magnet over. Yeah. I mean, even though I love a rabbit, it was a bit upsetting to suddenly get one out of nowhere. On did birthday. you give the fart magnet to your gardener? It's still in the kitchen. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll see where that lands over time. Back to Clive Owen. And then also back to insecurity that she felt secure about. Being smart, but then oh yes, 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 yes. We're going all the way back. We will definitely go back because we got a whole drop out ahead of us. You don't even know that, but she dropped out of Oxford, and we're going to get to that. Yeah, that's just around the corner. But Clive Owen, yeah, that's a classy, sexy man. Yes, in the silverbackness. Yes, that he can get to. Silverback's not my vibe. Well, look, I looked at your lovers (laughs) before you arrived. (laughs) Not saying those are my vibe particularly, but I haven't reached the kind of silverback thing yet. Here's what I said to myself when I was looking at your past lovers. Mm. This woman would not have liked me. 
Like, I have to recognize that right away. Why not? I'm not artistic like Sheen. I'm not... I haven't quite settled on a type. I've gone kind of all over the map. Yeah, okay, so okay. I've really been aiming for a nice doctor my whole life and just... Me too. Yeah, right? You keep bumping into keep bumping people into, in the film yeah. and television business. <laughs> <laughs> the music industry, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I took a quite long detour into comedians, though. So That's you true. You never know. That's true. Mm. You never know. That is true. I do like a laugh and a yeah. dash of mental illness and despair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They kind of go hand yeah. in hand. I, yeah, They're I good bedfellows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, a lot of my friend friends are comedians as well. So I tend to... Of the English both. variety or the Both, American? yeah. Both. Yeah. Do you know Sarah. You're close I with love Sarah, Sarah right? yeah. yeah. Sarah. Silverman. Oh, I didn't That's know that. That's my silverback. Yeah. Oh, we love her. She yeah. is a silverback. Yeah. Okay, back to Oxford. So okay. you go to Paris your third year to do study abroad. You're yeah. required. Well, you have to. You, you had to, to go to Paris or Russia. I pussied out. Yeah. My boyfriend at Oxford was also studying French. So it was like, okay, perfect. We'll go off. We'll both be doing our thing. In Paris. In Paris. Yeah. I happened to get super lucky and got offered a French movie for when I was there, which was really lucky. And it was amazing, actually. The DP was Darius Conji. The music guy was Alexandre Dispa. All these people who like now win every single award there is but yeah. it was like this very small movie that was kind of weird and because it was such a low budget they'd have to keep stopping and starting it actually took about nine months so it was perfect and then well the thing was is that my second year of college a lot of horrible things happened so my very best friend who wasn't at university's brother died in a car accident with four of his friends on his 18th birthday Aye. so i took out a semester to go home and look after her mm -hmm. and it was Horrible. Mm. I mean, yeah. it was five funerals in a week and just Oof. everything. It was so horrible. So there was that. And then also in that year, well, that was the end of my first year. Then my second year, my friend group, as ever, were partying, partying sure, sure, people. Sure, sure, sure. And I wasn't. So they'd all moved into a house. Yeah. To really get it going. Well, and also I, very unhip to stay in the college the second year. Okay. But I liked that because I could pretend I wasn't home which is to this day very important to me to be able to pretend. Because I mean, if you're in a house, people go, oh yeah, she's upstairs. Whereas mm. if it's just a room and a thing, you can lie under the bed and not answer the door. <laughs> that was really my... I, that is appealing. I do need to be by myself a fair bit. So I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be good in like a group of seven people living in a house. I, I would hate it. Right. Anyway, so they were all there. I got mono and went home. This is quite a... It was a lot happening. <laughs> I got mono and went I mean, home. And while I was home, one of my dear friends there, they were all doing various things and he ended up jumping out the window and dying oh. and all of the other friends were they call it rusticated in oxford which means you're basically expelled for a year and then you come back because so, drugs were involved i'm assuming yeah 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 so when i was considering going back after paris because everybody else had been kind of delayed nobody was there there was this kind of horrible whiff of death everywhere yeah. that was actually the reason i didn't go back and i it was really more of a kind of i don't want to go back now and I went, I took my kid to my college and my tutor was still there, my French tutor. He was like, you know, you can come back anytime. Oh, really? And I'm like, oh, you know what? I actually might do that. Yeah. And I remember at the time thinking, it's such a shame that university is at this time of your life when you're thinking like, who should I get off with? And am I a lesbian? And what yeah. posters do I want on my wall? And yeah. how do you make tea? And things like that. Wouldn't it be better once you've actually lived a bit to go, wow, I really fucking like this. You yes. know what I mean? And just... So I might do that, actually. Okay, so you get into Much Ado About Nothing. That was in my first summer of Oxford. I'd done my first year, and I was that was my first summer holiday. 
and you did that movie. Was that, yeah. So, right, so you start working, and for about five years, you stay in London, and you're working here and there, and you're doing plays, and you're doing TV, and you're doing movies, and then you move to Hollywood. Well, no. That's not right. Not really, no. The first American movie I did was this movie, Last Days of Disco, where it was that big Sophie's Choice between that or Closer at the National Theatre. Yeah. And I went off and did that. I was having really, really bad anxiety in my life at that time, to the point where I would set myself a task of, right, I'm going to leave the hotel and try and walk to the bookstore and then have a panic attack and have to go back to that. Like, it was really... So the thought of going out and being and doing a movie on my own was so scary because I had such terrible panic attacks at the time. And during that movie kind of got over, it was that thing of kind of leaning into recoveries in the things that you're frightened of type thing. You know, yeah, where yeah, I was like, like, okay, did the maximum thing. I went far from home. I was with Michael at the time. He couldn't come. He was doing Henry V. And my mom wasn't able to come out. My friends. And I really blossomed. And I immediately after that got a movie that was in Manila in the Philippines and had no problem. And suddenly, like, oh, okay, I'm off yeah. and running now. Like yeah. I've really, because I'd really had this for a few years. And then got back from Manila and instantly got pregnant. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So that kind of changed things a bit because I just did my first kind of big studio movie, which was this movie with Claire Danes, this broke down palace. Yes. And then immediately was pregnant, like super young. And then was just kind of massive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As happens yeah. when one gets pregnant. Yeah. When you grow a human in you. Yeah. You and expand. couldn't fathom ever work. Uh, I mean, I couldn't, how do people do that? I mean, right? I couldn't even remember. After I had the baby, I remember thinking, are people allowed? Are you allowed to bring a stroller into a store? I can't remember if I've ever seen. You know when you've got that kind of baby brain where you yeah, yeah, like, don't yeah. know what's. So there was that, and then Michael went off to do Amadeus on Broadway, sort of against my wishes because it was kind of I just had a baby, and I was like, yeah. "Fuck! I don't know if I can really. Do I want to move to New York? I don't know anyone really." And then also, your partner is going to be very distracted yeah, by this busy, thing. Yeah. So you're basically going to be by you're yourself, be by with, yourself a with a baby in a, a rental, and your mom's not anymore in the same. And you know, and you how old were you? Twenty-four-ish. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. So we got out there, and Michael hadn't quite got it together to find anywhere for us to live. And so Uma Thurman, who I'd been doing this, my first movie back was this Merchant Ivory movie, and Uma Thurman kind of casually went, "Well." I've got a brownstone I'm not using. And so I kind of went, oh, okay. And, and I mean, there was a lot of cockroaches, but it was kind of this incredibly grand <laughs> sort of falling apart in the West Village. So we had this kind of... It's probably worth a cabillion dollars now. Oh, I think James Gandolfini bought it wow. while we were still in it. Like, there was a whole... But we were just these kind of twats from England who hadn't really got it together. And yeah. there was a lot of wildlife in it. It was a very kind of crumbling... <laughs> it was very active. Yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. a very crumbling situation. A but, but it was so nice of her and really rescued us. And sometimes she would come and visit and you'd feel like the kind of the queen had arrived. She's just so incredible because I think she got it furnished. You kind of remember that type of a gesture for the rest of your life, right? Oh like she will God. always occupy in your heart. She's, she's kind of like a sort of fairy godmother, yeah. royal family. Yeah, she's amazing. So I kind of went out there still quite fat from having the baby. <laughs> right. and you're in a sort of alien body and experience. You, and your brain's working differently. Yeah, and my baby was one of those babies that was awake till she was about seven. Oh, my God. So it was just kind of like I was in a kind of trippy state thinking, I wonder if I ever work again because there's so much going on and then all of a sudden got asked to go and put myself on tape for various things and sometimes would have to do the audition 
with a baby on, which is oh my. <laughs> why I wasn't cast, I'm sure. Um, and then got asked to go and audition for this movie that was set in the 40s. And then all of a sudden I was in Pearl Harbor. So it was like a real neck-snapping change of vibe. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you were aiming at that, but it at just happened. Not yeah. at all. And I'd never heard of Michael Bay. I'd actually never heard of Jerry Bruckheimer. And this is a very pre-internet age where you could be so myopically English and have no sense of... I mean, my sense of America was Disneyland is there. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got my speaking spell from somebody's aunt brought back for me. Uh And other than that, it has no bearing on my life at all. Yeah, yeah. At all. Yeah. And then suddenly found myself in that. I was excited because the script was kind of really fun and it was really love triangle and kind of emotional. And I had absolutely no idea what I was getting into there. And nobody warned me. Like, nobody said, just so you know, your background with small English movies is not going to prepare you for, like, four sets shooting at once and everyone shitting themselves that they're going to be fired all the time, which is what it's like on those... It was the biggest movie ever greenlit at the time. Yeah, yeah. And there's a special vibe where every single crew member thinks they're going to be fired, which I had not come across before. I showed up to that with a 14-month-old Oh, my God. (laughs) Did you shoot in Hawaii? Hawaii and here. And here. Okay, so let me say several things. I love his movies. Oh, I fucking same. love Michael Bay movies. I am Armageddon uh, is a bad boy. Bad boy, yeah, they're no, fucking amazing. awesome. He knows how to make a movie. Yeah, he's the best action director. I directed an action movie a few years ago, and I had his whole second unit DP team. So I hear all the Michael Bay stories, and yeah. it's just madness. It is absolute yeah, yeah. madness. People are doing like crazy, dangerous things, and you got to be a fucking cowboy to work on those movies, and you're going to be yelled at, and the whole thing yeah. is is intense. I mean, it was a big shock to my system. Number one. I was from England and from Cold Comfort Farm and much to do about nothing. Number two, I just had a baby. And number three, I was young. I, yeah. I, I had no sense of anything. So it was an enormous shock to the system. Yeah. Having said that, I left the movie with a weird fondness for him. Right. So again, those things can coexist. Mm-hmm. You can have had a really tricky experience, but also be quite fond of the person. A thousand you know? percent. Because I've heard crazy stories and um, I love his shit. I think if he was making movies in the 70s, he was like Sam Peckinpah. That's what you did. But also, when we made Pearl Harbor, that's also what you did. It's mm-hmm. just now you don't. Like, yes. Yeah. I did read one thing he said, and I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Which was, he initially had doubts about casting you. I wasn't sure about her at first. She wore black leather trousers in her screen tests, and I thought she was a little nasty. It was easy to think of this woman as a slut. The crazy part is, like, I had a toddler, so actually wearing, like, a PVC <laughs> pant was... Like, it was the most opposite. (laughs) The second part's even crazier. He said he eventually decided to hire her because she wasn't, quote, too beautiful. Women feel disturbed when they see someone's too pretty. I I was like, is he nagging you at that point? You're so outrageously beautiful. What the fuck is he talking about? I just wasn't his taste. And by the way, he said this. This isn't me kind of revealing something. No, no, you're not. No, no, no. This is a well-known thing he said. But it blew up a few years ago because I sort of told it as a funny story for the 50 millionth time yeah, 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 and then yeah. because the climate has changed big time it became a massive deal that like really took off but we were on the press tour for Pearl Harbor and every single country we went to obviously it's the same questions and everyone asks the same thing and oh you know we know you've worked with Ben before and you guys have a relationship but why'd you cast Josh and why'd you cast Kate and he'd go well Josh is like Montgomery Clift and Josh is so handsome and he's so butch and he's so this and then they go why'd you cast Kate and he go well we didn't think she was too good looking so that she wouldn't alienate the female 
audience. And after about four countries, I went, fucking one more time. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to kick you in the throat. Like, it's not cool. And he looked at me like, what do you mean? Like, it's 100% so true. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, exactly yeah. my, like, it's exactly his feeling about it. But I remember they had a very fancy hairdresser come and consult. And me and Jamie King were standing in the room and she came in and she went, which one's the lead? And they pointed at me and she went, oh, I was hoping it was the other one. Like everybody was, it was literally like, oh it was like a real, it was like a real test of. Hold on. I'm going to get into the psychology of him. He did not think this. He had some rules, like he has a dogma about movies, why they work. You don't hire someone that's too pretty. Like he has this whole, I'm sure. Which is why obviously he's cast Megan Fox and Charlize because they right. are yeah, rough they're so, they're so average, dog. So average looking. Yeah. But <laughs> he, he, like me, he immediately, his spidey senses picked up that you are not going to like him. That's exactly what happened. He was like, this gal would never be into my shit. So she's average. And I don't I even think he knows know. he did it. But then he, but he still cast her. I did a really good screen test. Yeah. But I, I think that he didn't think I was attracted. It's okay. Not everyone has to find you. You no. know what I mean? It doesn't no, no, matter. No, no. But I think he's got like not a huge filter on. Well, I just don't well, get it. People I, got away with saying that also at the I time. I was going to well, say, I want to be very clear. I'm not trying to evaluate him or prosecute him by 2021 standards. I'm, I'm not at all. Not. And that yeah. was what was shocking about a few years ago. I went on some talk show in England and they didn't even run that segment because we had a lot of other things. Yeah. But somebody journalist was in the audience and therefore it blew up like, not with me telling it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it became this kind of witch hunt on Michael Bay, which I was like, I've literally told that story. He's even said it. Yeah. 15, 20 years ago, nobody batted an eye. Like it's, yeah. it's the climate well, that's, that's really I, different. Again, my motivation for bringing it up had nothing to do with like, we should now punish Michael Bay. I brought it up because we watched the Britney Spears documentary. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. It's incredible. Oof, incredible. But it is so jarring when you go to the late night talk show monologues yeah. and to hear that like Jay Leno, who is a nice guy. Yeah. He's just calling her a slut because it wasn't a thing. But what's interesting, the only reason I brought it up is that you lived through that whole thing. Uh -huh. Like you were working and making a living in a period where a director could say yeah. she looked like a slut. Yeah, and it's funny because it was literally the, the leather pants. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I was so distracted by having a one-year-old. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like nobody was getting any sexual energy off me. There wasn't any. Right, like, right, I was right. The baby had taken it all. Yeah, there wasn't. There literally wasn't it. And Michael wasn't getting any. Nobody was getting yeah, anything. Yeah. I was just completely... A milk station. Yeah. yeah, and not just even that. I wasn't nursing anymore, but I was in that kind of like, I've just had a baby shock that lasts for a minute. We have a radical identity shift. It's like, yeah. oh, I was this, now I'm this. And none of my friends are doing this or will be doing this for a decade mm. or two. Yeah, yeah. So You have no one to look to. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I was probably the furthest thing from a slut that anyone could be. I bring it up because we learn about all these historical periods and we learn about the evolution of culture. I think sometimes we don't recognize like, oh, and we've gone through yeah. some big chunk that has changed dramatically. And if your daughter were to pursue acting, she won't have the experience you had. Like I you're just, not. we've all been yeah. in a different era. And I, it's kinda... I don't think it's gone. I think there are certain things that, and some of them are performative that have changed, but I still think it is possible to be completely abused, gaslit and fucked over while working and have no, like, who do you tell? Where do you go with that? Yeah. Yeah, you it just gets I mean? more maybe subtle, more subversive, more subtexty. And it, like it now was... it's nameable. Now you can say, I am being abused at work. I don't think there's necessarily 
yet a kind of really clear path of what the fuck you do about that. Right. Yeah. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. I think you can name it and other people can recognize it and everyone goes, oh, but I, it's not like there's... Yeah. Protocol. Or, no. Yeah. It's more complicated mm. than when you read about it than you would assume it is, yeah. I think. And also, dudes, wait for the woman to reach out. If someone wants to turn something sexual, go ahead and let the woman, if she wants to, trust that she'll reach out to you and try to get this in another gear. See, I don't know. I don't know if you want to rule like that. Every woman who's absolutely appalled to receive a dick pic, there's some women who are like, oh my God, hi. Some people love it. Again, here we are again. Well, there probably just shouldn't be any very specific rules in general, except maybe like, don't do what Bill Cosby did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like that's, we can probably it's, draw He's had a heart. strong message that he can though. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I cannot can't, believe I can't. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> really took a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Taco Bell. Ooh. Oh, man. We often do two recordings a day, and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy, and we're always craving something really yummy. Yes, yeah, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all-new cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is mm. exactly that. Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow-roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage, and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious. Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken menu at Taco Bell now. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank, USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval, terms apply. We are supported by New Balance. Whether you're going for your first ever jog around the park, getting ready for a marathon, or even picking up the pace on the last stretch before you get home, if you run, you're a runner. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. Okay, I was so into Josh Hartnett at that period. Everybody apparently yeah. was. He was really nice. That really movie, I mean, him. also Ben. So it's Matt and Ben are my number ones. Because think, of Goodwill Hunting. As an ideal boyfriend, Matt and Ben together. Right? Is great. Yeah. Some people should just be a double act. You could be you should be able to marry them both. I think you're right. Like, let them shine where they shine. Yeah. I watched it so much. I fantasized about it so much. Which? Pearl Harbor. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, they were at peak. Peak. Did you lean more towards one or the other? I was a big Ben fan because basically he, Ben is so shockingly large in real life. Mm. Thank you. Like, yes. Ben I, is a cinder block. He is. And when I was hearing yelling, which was frequent, 
not necessarily de- directed at me, yeah. but I'm the sort of person who gets that shiver if someone's yelled at in school and it's not. I would literally just stand behind him. Like he was a kind of a windbreaker. Uh-huh. And he was also just very kind to me. Like, That's nice. yeah. I know that they are obsessing about you bleaching your teeth. Don't worry, they, they made me fix my teeth. <laughs> and are they checking that you've done your... Co-? So he made it actually much more, this is about the vibe of this movie and these people rather than you're a woman and this is happening to you, which actually I really made me kind of trauma bond to him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's kind of like we're all products. Yeah, and it was that. Yeah. It wasn't actually a sexist thing. They mm. were doing the same. I mean, Josh showed up in far better shape than I did, so he didn't have it quite as much. He was still asked every day, what are you doing your cardio? Oh, right. It wasn't a thing that was just at me because I was a woman. I was just also the one who was the flabbiest because I just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it the most. <laughs> yeah, I just want to second what you say, which is I've met him several times and. He's so much bigger than you're expecting. He's enormous and yeah. he's really smart and funny. Yes. And so oh, he's re- so charming in real so, life. And he's really smart. Like yeah. he's educated and intelligent and articulate and yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all. I, when I, you Are know, you guys I, both single? Maybe we could rekindle no, something. No, you J-Lo and also no. Oh, maybe no. me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, now when you signed up to do the Underworld movies. Yeah, it was an experiment. Underworld was very much me having heard a lot. Well, she's very delicate and English and soft, and we don't really see her as a cop because she's just so. Mm. Yeah. And I thought, oh, fuck that. I'm going to have to change that around a little bit just so that I have a bit more choice. And that really kind of backfired. because I literally went from like one minute going well she's a bit soft to like well but she's kind of tough and I'm like how is this so neck snappingly quick Mm -hmm, you know what I mean mm -hmm. but I guess it is and it was odd because it was such a stretch for me like I'd never had in my mind a thought of I'm going to do an action movie I fucking hated PE I was not you know (laughs) I was absolutely forced to go to the gym by Michael Bay I now go a lot but I never in England at that time if somebody regularly went to the gym they were just deeply suspicious and you also didn't want to be friends with them yeah Yeah. they were definitely a douche well it used to just be right that like it was the ultimate admission of vanity now it isn't like that but at the time you just saw somebody where I'm off to the gym you'd be like okay bye so no it was so far from what I'd ever grown up thinking I was going to do and I wasn't like a comic book person I wasn't that person so it really was a kind of oh they've asked me to do this they probably shouldn't have but I'm gonna see if <laughs> I can do are. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I see if I can do it and then it worked out but it worked out to where I did a couple and then became like oh we need someone with a machine gun pole vaulting off a building let's call Kate which yeah. still to this day feels <laughs> ludicrous to me but it's nice to get to do it you just yeah. don't want to be only doing that yeah well it's so much work. Like, I don't know if people recognize the dramatic difference in workload when you sign on to have a five-page talking scene at a diner versus a seven-minute action sequence. Like, the seven minutes of talking in a diner is going to take an afternoon, and the seven minutes of action is going to take a week yeah, and a half. Yeah. And it's boring. Yes. So, like, if you are intelligent and need to be stimulated, mm-hmm. and you're on your fourth day of running up a wall, oh, you yeah, can yeah. get a bit fed up. <laughs> Yeah. Sure, sure. You know. And it's not comfortable, too. I want people to recognize that you're wearing a harness half of these movies, I'm sure, right? Uh-huh. And they can't get them comfortable. No. And you're in clo- – like, I had to wear one, and I was just in underwear. It was like – so I was down to – all they could hide was a belt. <laughs> right. So I just have, like, a fucking car seat belt around my hips, and I'm hanging well, out of a tree. And also a car seat belt 
kind of up your bollocks and squeeze yeah. in your labia. <laughs> that's right. And you're like, wow. Oh. Imagine having testicles and well, a penis Well, the other that thing that rib. sucks is that however much it's chafing on the vagina, which is a lot, someone's like, well, at least you don't have balls. I'm like, listen, don't. It's bad, bad enough. It's oh, bad. I just did it's bad it. Enough. Yeah, you did. Everybody did does it. it. No, everyone does it. Yeah. <laughs> and I do spend a lot of my time thinking, thank God I don't have a penis and balls, but not specifically necessarily in that. That would be a good time to think about it. Look, I have never experienced discomfort very quickly getting out of a car. And I'm sure you have. Do you know what Belvedereing is? I don't. I've heard from people that claim to have been there, so it might not be a Hollywood legend, but Mr. Belvedere, you know Mr. Belvedere. He, I don't know Mr. Belvedere. There was a TV show in the 80s or 90s called Mr. Belvedere, and mm -hmm. he was an English butler mm -hmm. that a uh, family had, but he was kind of the main deal. But they, the show was called Mr. Belvedere. It was about the butler. Okay. And he was a rotund man. He was a big man. And apparently at a table read, he sat down in his chair to start the table read and screamed uncontrollably. And he had sat on his testicle and like ruptured it. And it's called getting belvedered now. I didn't expect <laughs> that. No, but That's here's the thing. Legend. You can twist one if you very quickly get out of a car. and then Kind of like a horse's it. intestines. Exactly. They can't stand yeah. up too fast. Exactly. <laughs> and then your testicles can no longer digest hay. <laughs> It, that's right. That's right. It's very, it could be lethal. Oh one There's of those a lot twists. of practical problems. That's what I was going to say is often I'll be in the mirror at night in the bathroom with my wife. Helicoptering. And then, wait, wait, helicoptering? Doing that thing. Oh, you spin your penis. In your... No, I do that. I generally do that right out of the shower. Uh, no, this is just, we'll be standing in front of the mirror and I'll be observing my naked body and I'll go, what a poor design. What no, a poor design. It's a terrible design because the balls are an odd thing. They're, they're so sort of made of a prehistoric clunky. thing that nothing else is made of. Yes. So that they look weird and don't match. But if you take <laughs> the balls away, it uh -huh. looks even weirder. It's almost like, you know, when you're like buying an engagement ring and it's like on a little pad. But, but when you I need them there to serve it up. You're right. They're the platter upon which the, the penis <laughs> presents itself. Yeah. But when you're just looking at it in the mirror, no, you're like, a what a design. terrible location. It's like, let's put it where the most amount of activity and friction is, right yeah, between your true. thighs. Yes. And let's just put a bunch of equipment in there. Let's put three things. Let's put two testicles and, and a penis. penis. That also moves about on its own accord. It's roaming all day long. And, and it's, in, right. it's a it's bit in, higher up on the chest, further away from the legs, wouldn't it? Yes, or an elephant. An elephant has its testicles on its back, like a hyrax, really? that little creature that lives on the rocks in Africa. Oh. So they keep their testicles on their back. Smart. Great location. But you can technically push them back up. Don't sumo wrestlers push them back up and then take them out when they need to. They do? I think you can. Take them out when they need to. I think you can push the actual testicles and then you've just got a sort of empty shopping bag. That, oh I mean, my gosh, a little a little coin purse. Yeah, a coin purse. I think that's true. Anyways, how on earth did we start talking about <laughs> belvedering oneself? I love belvedering. I love oh, it. the harness. And the, okay, oh, the so, harness when I was belvedering. So yeah. even like I was watching the trailer for Jolt this morning. Yeah. And there appears to be, I mean... There's got to be nine fight sequences in that There's movie. There's a lot of fighting in that movie, yeah. And every time you're doing that, you're probably on a wire. You're choreographing like six moves, I'd guess, in one shot. And yeah. then you know you're going to pick up this other shot. Like, it's so tedious, is it not? Yeah, although I still feel like why on earth are they asking me to do this? I shouldn't do So the level of terror I still experience kind of keeps me yeah, in the engaged. Game. Because now, of course, I've done a bunch of them. So people think, like, oh, Jackie Chan's here. Like, I'm like, like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I'll be able to do it. <laughs> Jacqueline Chan. Yeah. Well, you know what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck, no, I don't. But you sort of do. Like, I'm always surprised by going, oh, actually, I suppose on some level I have learned 
how to do this, even though I don't buy it myself that I have, because then it works out. But mm-hmm. I experience more terror even than now than in the beginning, because now there's an expectation that I'm going to be good at it. That's interesting. But yeah, you must have like at this point, some like muscle memory of it all and it, yes but it, it hasn't translated into a brain thing so i think to myself i can't and then you kind of look at the take and go actually no it's it's, it's worked i don't know how that worked because yeah because it can look very cool i thought it would feel cool while you're right, doing it right, it right. doesn't it feels like you're kind of sliding down at the window <laughs> on a bed sheet spraining your ankle and screaming yeah and then you look and it's like wow i look quite slick that's not how it feels Right, yeah. right. You don't ever feel like Jacqueline Chan. No, and I think some people maybe do. I'm pretty sure Jason Statham feels pretty cool doing it. Yeah. But maybe we all don't. So, you know what's funny is I can tell you have a little bit of reservation about having been, for lack of a better word, like pigeonholed in the action space. Well, if, because the only reason I did it was to not be pigeonholed. Yeah. But you I was going to observe that that interestingly seems to be how you have made decisions, which, by the way, I have too, which is... I'm fearful I can't do this one thing, so I got to go prove I can do that one thing. To yourself. Yeah. 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 Which is an interesting approach because you could just go like, I'm trying to do the thing I'm best at. Right. But I'm personally motivated by people thinking I can't do something. I don't know if that's the right strategy in life. As an actor, I feel like it's a sort of apprenticeship all the time. Yeah. And like, in order to be good, you have to try and do stuff that you. Well, I think you more than anyone, you've done every single thing. Like, you've done all these period pieces, you've done all these dramas, you've done all these action movies, you've done a horror movie with Luke Wilson, you've done Click with Adam Sandler. Like, Mm -hmm. there isn't a genre really you haven't done. It was difficult for me to get comedy. And I, Jolt is a comedy, and I was really happy about that because that's actually the thing I feel very rooted and confident about. Uh-huh. You're funny. Very. We were observing that. Yeah. yeah. Unexpected. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. But, that, okay, well, just to say, because we're talking about this, Michael Bay is so wrong about women looking at you and thinking, like, oh, I'm not intimidated. Like, you are so, <laughs> in a great way, intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a Brad Pitt I level. would say you, you and Gwyneth, I was, I've been thinking about this. Yeah. This is the second time in three and a half years we've been doing this show that I've been like, oh my God, this person is yeah. special and glowy. And Gwyneth was the other one. But it's like, there's an aura or something uh-huh, happening. Uh-huh. It's almost royal. <laughs> maybe that's yeah, it. We've maybe I'm, we've come yeah. full Maybe circle. I'm sensing some royalty. <laughs> 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 but I just, he's just so wrong. Like, that is what women are attracted to. But are they, is he right though? Because Gwyneth Paltrow, who we talked at great length about, she is polarizing because she is almost too perfect and people feel less than just observing her. And it's their issue. I don't know what it's it not is. Her fault. My most common thing that I get if I'm in Gelson's is a woman comes up to me and goes, um, You're my husband's hall pass. Oh. He's behind the bananas. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. This is so awkward. Because what you're actually saying is, I'm allowed to have sex with your husband and he's here. Yeah. yeah. And what am I supposed to do with my face? Yeah. 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 Let me, you say, Let me take a gander at him. Yep. Let me see if I'm in the market for this. That's the thing I get the most. Because I think, I don't know, maybe the women feel like I might be fun to chat to after. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that. <laughs> or that I'm probably not going to want to marry your husband. I don't know what it is, but that's my. Most yeah, they're like, she'll do that thing, and then we'll talk about Raskolnikov for yeah. a while, and, yeah. and it'll be everyone wins. Yeah, do one now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now here's another thing I, I relate to you, and I'm very, very good friends with all my ex-girlfriends, uh-huh. and I've always been really perplexed by people who either, A, don't want their significant other to have friendships with their exes, right? 
And then B, I'm perplexed by like, how could you love someone for some extended period of time and then just be like, now I think they're a terrible person. Well, sometimes they turn out to be a secret monster. So That's, that can happen. I, I think that is legit. Yeah, yeah. But especially I think if you have kids with someone, you try and focus on all the good bits. And yeah. also once you're not in a relationship with someone anymore, 90% of the stuff that's so bothersome and tricky is not because you're not having to live with them. So that's yeah. right. It's no longer your You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. That's not affecting you directly. But clearly if you liked someone enough to spend eight years with them. Yeah. They're a good person. Like yeah, there's, there's mean, decent things. Most people reveal their monsterness in way under eight years. <laughs> or you're out to lunch. Or you're not absorbing. Or, no, or you're or it's a sociopath, which I think mm, is also possible. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm saying Michael is a sociopath because he's not. Yeah, he might be, he's a very good actor. There's um, maybe yeah. something wrong. <laughs> I was largely unaware of him until I saw that Frost Nixon. Also. And then you realize he's in everything. Mm -hmm. And then you realize he's, he's in, literally everything. in everything. Yes. Every time you turn on the television, yeah. he's there. That's ex exactly right. Yeah. I think for women in relationships with men, it's just culturally quite easy to lose track of your own shit. I just think like you've watched your mother, your grandmother, whatever, kind of subjugate herself to, and even on stupid things, like it's so common to, when someone says, what movie do you want to watch? And you go, I don't mind. You do mind actually, mm. but you're in this weird cultural habit yeah. of going, I don't mind. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but it actually, once you then get out of a marriage and you don't ever find yourself saying, I don't mind, and you're just doing mm. what you like, it is amazing. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I highly recommend it, but I also haven't been in kind of very long relationships since then, probably because I really like that feeling so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not yet confident I could maintain that with another person around. You're dead right. We're masters at sucking up all the energy in the room, even if we're not doing anything, because everyone mm -hmm. knows that one dad where you go over and the whole house is like, he doesn't like to hear any noise when he's yeah. watching the news. Yeah. So he's actually yeah. not even like talking, but everyone is catering yeah. to his explosive. So yeah, <laughs> and I remember that from my dad, you'd be like, Shh, no, 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 you know, when you're having a sleepover and you'd be like, oh my God, I keep it down because my stepdad. Like, yeah. Not that he was like a monster or anything, but like there is that just, weird thing. and It's not even like a choice. It's almost like a kind of patriarchal ride that we're all totally. on. I finding it easier to opt out of that. It doesn't make sense anymore. There was a period in time where your father worked 16 hours a yeah. week and he was dead when he came home and everyone was just easy on him because yeah. fuck, it was miserable. But that has changed, but somehow yeah. that aspect of it has stayed it's, around. Yeah, like, it has, and it's quite difficult. I can't imagine actually living with a person and maintaining my newfound... Autonomy. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and also there's a kind of inherent sort of assumption as a mother that you're supposed to serve yourself last in every possible respect too that I don't think is actually helpful. I did it. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it serves anybody for a woman to just be instantly martyred by having mm. children on every stupid thing. Like, yeah. yes, would you give your life for your child? Absolutely. Would you turn down an you know, important thing because it's Halloween? Yes, I would stand by all that. Yeah. But staying up all night after you've had the stomach flu because they've got the stomach flu, like, that's yeah. just like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's, yes, 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 yes. It's it, just it, like a given that we'll all do that. I know. It's going to seem preposterous very soon. Mm -hmm. But again, that's another era we all kind of witnessed yeah. and lived through. And that's certainly not how I'm being a dad. And it seems so unacceptable. Yeah. But it's so good for kids to see their mom prioritize To model, yeah. yeah. I think so too. Because I don't think it's good for girls to then get that model. Then we all end up going, I don't mind which movie. Exactly. I, I, I don't hold one does mine. Yeah. Like this is advice my mother's own father gave my dad when they got married. They got married very young. He said, 
first time you come home from work and uh, Laura puts the food on the table, take one bite and turn the table over and say, don't ever serve me this again. And you'll have great food for the rest of your marriage. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Jesus, by that's crazy. Michael father, Bay? Not like wow. my dad's dad. Her dad told that's my dad crazy. this. She is a good cook. It worked. I, she, she's <laughs> really? bit, yeah, every meal that she cooked us as kids was delicious. Jesus. So. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, Joel, you said it was a comedy. It's an action comedy, yeah. It's a really fun movie, which I've not done that before. So that was a nice thing for me. So in the trailer, I've always had a fantasy of doing a movie because I feel like I'm regularly talking myself out of snapping. You 100%, know? me too. It's my nature. Me too. There's something appealing about the concept of like, oh, I w and I've always wanted to play someone that just loses Listen. their marbles the way they want to. Yeah. Was it awesome? It was quite awesome, yeah. And the thing is, she's got a kind of neurological sort of explosive disorder that she's not happy so she's not happy about it but yeah. there is a kind of cathartic wish fulfillment you think and also the fact she's a heroine who's deeply flawed and kind of slightly goofy but also very sassy like she's a lot of different things that i certainly haven't played as a action heroine yeah and there aren't many of no you're right there's no like humor generally in not the usually. femme fatale yeah version of so i'm kind of excited because she is and yeah. she's funny. Well, I also think because TV characters are so dynamic yeah. and interesting that movies are having to adopt that. They're having to yeah. bring those things. Yeah, you know, it used make to it be that TV copied movies and it seems like it's flipping it's in a yeah. good way. Yeah. You did a TV show recently. Yes, just it, finished. Yeah, and you enjoy it? I did. It was in COVID, which makes mm. you enjoy it less. Oh, sure. That was a kind of a really different experience and kind of a lot of the things that make acting fun feeling like a company and mm -hmm, a we family. didn't have that but also you do an entire show which is like four or five months and you have somebody who's your costume person who's like putting on your coat but you realize you haven't seen their lower face and then you go on their instagram and you're like holy shit that's not what i imagined uh, yeah, like, yeah. I, I filled in the bottom of everyone's face so differently yeah. they now yeah. seem like complete strangers <laughs> and that's not that it was bad reveal but it's just not what yeah. i had drawn in my mind so that's weird it's almost like what's behind door number four at yeah. some point in this, yeah. this affair. Like, yeah, do you have horse teeth or everything looks <laughs> yeah, normal? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's and kind of exciting. <laughs> people's low faces are shocking. Until this year, I didn't realize what a discrepancy there can be mm, yes. between what the eyes are giving out and then like, True. well, goatee and a chin piercing. Like, yeah. I didn't uh -huh. even for one second suspect that. You, you're right. I had always, I had very much written off the bottom of the faces. Exactly. But it's actually so key. It is. And our driver guy, I had a whole picture of him and it turned out he had like a really intense mustache the whole time. I was like, oh. That would have changed everything knowing yes. that. Yeah. Maybe it's beautiful though. No, we it don't is get kind to. of cool. Cool, but it, I didn't realize how little credit it's I gave true. the lower face. <laughs> yes, me too. It you was eye-opening. It's a game changer. Okay, so Jolt is Amazon Prime. Yeah. And it comes out July... 23rd. July 23rd. And it's really fun. I'm just so excited to be promoting a movie that I'm not embarrassed by and that I don't have to lie about and that yeah. I really like. Yeah. Not yeah. that that's every time. I've been quite lucky lately, but like in my time... That's soul-destroying, you know. When sure. you're sitting there going, I know this sucks, and mm. you know it sucks, and you're saying it, and I'm having to kind of defend it, but also, oh, that's, oh, yeah. that's such a horrible position to be in. It is one of the weirder parts of show business that I think 
no one tells you it's part of it. You'll also be the car salesman. You're going to design the car and then you'll be in the showroom. Yeah. And you're going to be explaining why it's a great car at some point. Even though if occasionally you know it isn't and then that makes you feel awful. Yeah, sometimes it's the Ford Pinto. It might explode if it gets (laughs) rear-ended. And you know that. You've seen that data. That's very well known. Okay. Yeah, it's a very well known thing. Not as well known as Belvedering, but it's... Mm, Belvedering. Now we all know. Huge thing. Yeah. We've made that last (laughs) He's fucking Belvedered himself. The guy hasn't worked in months. (laughs) Is he okay now? Oh, dead. We'll have to we'll check, visit we'll that check. in the fact check. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to learn more about him. I have one last question for you because I feel like you're very candid in a fun way. I'm going to bring you up to speed. Everyone that listens to the show already knows the story. I was uh, 15. I went on a ski trip in Vermont. I met this girl, Jenny. Oh. She was from Manchester. And <laughs> we were in a closet and we were making out and things were progressing. And then before you know it, we were making love in this closet and I was 15 and it wasn't till years later, now this is where it gets dicey, I was in an anthropology class and someone had written a paper about why there were so many World War II babies and specifically English women being impregnated by American Americans. GIs. Yeah. yeah, they're called war babies. And proportionally not the same for English men getting the American women stationed there pregnant. Huh. And so what this anthropologist said was that Culturally, in the U.S., the woman has the brake pedal. She's supposed to say, like, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait, and the man's supposed to pursue. But in Uh England, the gentleman's supposed to have the brake pedal. Like, he's supposed to say, we should wait. And then when you get two people together without a brake pedal, all bets are off. And I was in a class going, that explains that thing that always stuck out. Like, why did we just have sex so quick at 15? We were both very cool with it. I've never come across a man with a brake pedal ever in my whole life of any kind. Okay, good. We often ask English folks if that either rings true or it doesn't at all. And for you, it doesn't. I don't think it does. So far, most people are saying this is not a thing. true. And, and it could have been a thing in the 40s and not anymore. I think she just really anymore. liked you in the closet. Yeah. I find I'm that hard to, to believe. I'm to think back to me being that sort of age. But I don't think I was, I don't think I'd seen a penis at 15, but shortly after that, in the next couple of years, when I did first touch one. Yeah. Were you instigating or was the boy? Well, I think he was, and I was appalled because I had no map in my mind for this feels not like anything I've ever felt, except the inside of a cat's tail. And then once I had that thought, (laughs) I was really upset. The inside of a cat's tail. Because there's that thing that's like, it's a bone, but it's not a bone. It's so weird. And I've got nothing corresponding to a bone that's not a bone. And the only thing I kind of (laughs) Rolodex through my brain was a cat's tail and then i got really upset about it yeah. and, had enough of it. and yeah. what i just needed to go home and really think about the yeah. whole cat's tail of it all oh, before i could wow. process process it yeah i just yeah. needed to yeah I, didn't, I found it depressing i'm gonna tell you the story the first time i went down a girl's pants i was in sixth grade and she was in eighth grade and we were behind this God, this um, is very early we were hillbillies oh, okay. every it's like out in the sticks in michigan and we're behind this garage and we're supposed to be at the movies, but we're not. Everyone went to Deanna's house and things are escalating. And she says, I love being fingered. And I was like, okay. And then I went down her pants and I was in a panic because I know where my penis is and it's very right. much up front. Yes. And I kept getting lower and lower and yeah. panicking. Like, I'm going to get to her butt very soon. And that can't be what she's looking for. And I'm stalling so long that she finally says, if have you done this before? I'm like, oh, yes. And then I just have to commit. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, my God, it's not anywhere near mine. <laughs> Isn't also, that weird? another person who obviously didn't have a brake pedal. Yeah. I mean, so what is yeah. it about you? <laughs> I guess just because she was English. Yeah. I, I don't know. You're right. This thing's, this thing's unraveling. <laughs> I do, we can keep asking. I do, I do like finding out when people, because it's so weird to touch a, 
opposite sexes. Undercarriage. Yeah, I, for the first time. Yeah, I like it, like that you were just continuing. Yeah, yeah. And there's me silently crying, thinking about a cat's tail. <laughs> yes, I was running on a runway. I was like, "Where is this going to end and up?" You, you definitely couldn't say, "No, I've never done it." No, I, I couldn't either. But yeah. I also, I also had that thing of like, I don't want him to see how distressing I find it that this is. I wasn't distressed by what. He wasn't doing anything. It's just the, the cat's tail portion of it I found <laughs> yeah, jarring like, as fuck. It is so bizarre that <laughs> yeah. it is a liquid and a gas. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. a solid and a liquid. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you can break it. <laughs> I did. Oh, you've broken yours? Yeah. That was a whole other fucking thing. We've said it on We've here. We've said it on yeah. here. I might need to hear a bit more. So no one's at blame, but there was an injury <laughs> during sex with my wife. I heard a loud snap. It <gasps> bent completely in half. Oh my. I screamed. Did it, it was hurt at the same time? Like a motherfucker. Oh. It was like a hot knife had been put in it. Oh my God. It sucks. I don't think anything of it. Months go by. Months. Months. And maybe six months later, I start noticing my penis was taking on a different shape. It went erect, not but flaccid. The shape, the shape was what? The shape was like all of a sudden I kind of had a dent in my penis when I was erect. And then it was starting to curve, which it hadn't. And I was like, what is this? This is interesting. Maybe this just happens as you get older. Yeah. And then it was progressing to a point where I went and saw my urologist who did my vasectomy, Dr. Josephson, shout out, great guy. <laughs> I'm telling him what's going on and he goes, did you injure it? And I'm like, I did. And he goes, okay, so you have what's called peronies. Wait, I know someone else that had peronies. It's a he? thing. It's a thing. A people lot of people have peronies. Oh my God, this is the one, but... second time you've met a Someone with peronies. Yeah. I've never obviously seen one, but I've heard a lot about it. Dr. Josephson, so he tells me, he says, oh, he's manhandling my penis. And he says, well, I'll need to see it erect. And I said, well, oh, wow. Yeah, I don't, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen in this (laughs) office. And he goes, no, no, no. When you're at home the next time you have an erection, send me pictures. And I go, you want me to send you a dick pic? He goes, dude, my whole phone is dick pics. Like, I'm a urologist. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it, brother. So sure enough, like a good soldier, I go home and I get it all irritated and I take a picture of it and I send it to him. Yeah, definitely Peronis. He goes, listen, here's what happens with Peronis. It either gets worse and worse and worse and it it can get so dramatic, the shift in its structural integrity that you can't do it. What? And if it it progresses to that, we have a medicine, works a little bit, then we have have a medical procedure. But the medical procedure, 50% of the time will end and you'll never get an erection again. So these are the options on the table for me. And he said, in half the cases, in a year, it just fixes itself. So you bet that. So for a year, I lived with. I thought there was a 50-50 chance I would be done having sex for the rest of my life. And then magically it fixes itself. It's completely back to so normal, just like he said it could happen. It's, it's staring straight now. What happens is you get like scar tissues in some of the blood vessels, and then because it is this big liquid solid gas, yeah. <laughs> it prevents it from that, and it reroutes the blood, and then in the rerouting of the blood, it changes the shape and blah, blah, blah. But everything's honky-dory now. Everything's good. What a wild Whoa. ride that yeah, was. It was stressful because I was Oh, my only, God, it I was... 39 yeah, when no, it happened. Life, there was life in the old dogs. So. That's right. I wasn't ready to retire <laughs> no, quite yet. No, no, it was no. stressful, but it all, you'll be happy to know everything ended. <laughs> and you it's, didn't have to wear a splint on it or anything. You've missed that moment. Probably. No, there's this, this is a part of the story you will not like, but it came out in race 270. While it was a little different, I was kind of excited about it. I was like, oh, I've seen penises that look like this pornography <laughs> yeah. and now I have one. I think there was a part of it. Remember I was saying the, the autoerotic part of oh, it right. was just like, 
oh, that's kind of ugly, but kind of interesting. Yeah. For a minute, I thought it was interesting, and then I got really scared. But then when you heard the possible caveat of it, it was less interesting. And then right? it got very yeah. uninteresting, Ooh, and yeah. then I was paranoid, and then it just was all oh, over. Thank God. Oh, I'm for so all relieved. of us. Thanks for sitting through that. No, I, <laughs> I'm very medically minded. I love, I love, a, I love a peroni story. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I really do. I love a really any type of... I had a doctor once who used to send me x-ray pictures and say, guess what this person put up their bum oh, and then went yes. to the ER. Oh, that's and a fun game. Yeah, it was such a great game. I oh. would love that. Yeah, it was amazing. And he spent his, like, you know, his career had sort of collecting. So once in a while, if I was having a low moment, he would send a thing and go, guess what this is? And it was amazing. It'd be like a Rubik's Cube or... Oh, uh, no kidding. Yeah, like a Hot Wheels car. Or, People are so creative. Yeah. Yeah. What's the urban legend that we've talked about a couple times? Is the hamster up the butt and then hamster. they try to get it out with a paper towel tube. And then the guy wants to look in there with a lighter, but he let a bunch of butane loose in there. And then when he finally let it to look, it blew up and burnt his face. That's right. So they come That's into the right. emergency room and one guy's ass is blown out and the other guy's face is really badly burnt. And what's happened to the hamster? That made it into a exactly. newspaper. Well, apparently it, they it say the hamster it. shot out in a fireball. But again, oh. th none of this is true, but it, it did make it into a, a newspaper. Yeah, it but actually it was just an was, urban legend. It was an urban legend, but it was in print in an actual real oh, newspaper that this had happened. Anytime I go to the ER myself or with anyone, I always say, what's the weirdest thing someone's come in with? And the, it's an amazing question because I think the weirdest one I had was a small bust of Mozart with the shoulders no. on. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. people are so kinky. God, I'm boring. I'm never right? cruising past a bust of Mozart thinking, I must put I that, that up that my, my ass. ass. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I hey, what are you doing outside of my ass? Get back in here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you genius. Oh, you how did you get out? Charity. You're a naughty Mozart. Get <laughs> oh back my in my God. butt. <laughs> well, Kate Beckinsale, this has been a, a joy. Fucking joy. joy from beginning to end. Yes. Yeah. Russian literature. No, we hit Worked with Sam Rockwell. I mean... Oh, I don't I know. know what more. Do we love? We love him. We love. I worked with him a few times. I yeah. love him so much. What a dude! He's the best guy yeah. and the best actor. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the best, best dancer. Best at everything. Ooh. Best dancer. He's. A, have you not seen him dance? No. Oh, what? watch we out! Go on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, there's video of him. Oh, yeah, he's danced. It's a legit dance like man. Oh, yeah. Wow. Highlight of my career at the Groundlings Theater was I was doing a improv show and it ended and we were back in the green room and Sam Rockwell came back with Mini Driver and uh, he was so effusive about our set. Oh, that's and I was so penniless generous. and didn't have an agent and I was like, oh my God, Sam oh, Rockwell thinks we're good. Oh, it was so it was wind in the sails for sure. Yeah. And you can tell like his best friend's Justin Long. That's a real feather in your cap. Mm -hmm. Like if your best really? friend is Justin Long, you love a good time yeah. and you're a good guy. Yeah. And so people should listen to Justin Long's podcast. We love Justin Long. Stop listening to this one. <laughs> and and yeah. many drivers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check them all out. Everyone's got one except me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this is your you. first this one. This is my best one ever. Check it off yeah. the list. It's nice though, right? To not have the pressure of like seven minutes. Be great in seven minutes. Yeah. Be charming and funny. Uh, yeah. And not yeah, and approachable and yeah, all this. It things. is also dangerous because you do feel like you're just chatting with some nice people. It's just people. so comfortable. Yeah. 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 I'd be highly suspicious of you, but she's a real secret weapon. <laughs> so you know what you're doing. I totally get it. I see it. I see what's happening. Here. Yeah, ninja. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She'll yeah. fuck you up. <laughs> Well, we adore you, and we hope that you'll come back oh and my chat God, with us again. 100% would. Yes, okay, so fun. Yeah, so fun. All right, adore you. We'll you do it too. again. You too. Yes, please. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. Okay, we're looking good. We're looking really good. 
Speaking of looking good, you're in all black. I always like when you wear all black. I like when you lean into your mysteriousness because you have these very mysterious eyes. And it's also yeah. why I wanted you to shave your side because you're going to be like, what is this? This gal's really mysterious. I don't think my eyes are necessarily mysterious because they're so big. Oh, yeah. They take up a lot of real estate on my face. But you know what? You have a natural eyeshadow. I, I do have under eyes. Which eye is circles. so great. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no like your eyelids everywhere where your skin is like creased it gets a little yeah. darker and that's what people try to give themselves shadowy eyes and you just have it <laughs> what are you talking why are you laughing this is a very i'm here i know what i'm talking about i know what i'm talking about i know I you're treating you. me like i'm a granddad who doesn't no, understand I'm not. <laughs> no i'm not i'm just i just know that you always see the best in me and what you're seeing is some under eye circles no you <laughs> no People do shadow their eyes to give a hint of mystery. Well, this is true. Eyeshadow. Eyeshadow. That's what they call it, eyeshadow. That's why they call it eye mystery. <laughs> should I come up with a brand of eyeshadow called mystery? It should be eye by mystery. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And in E-Y-E or, or a letter I? I think E-Y-E. But there's a good double entendre here with I. That's How about, true. ooh. How about E-Y-E, am mysterious? Oh, I am mysterious. Now, are you going to do A-M or M? A-M. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I am. <laughs> Does M now work for am? Are people M just writing work. am? That's am? Oh, my God. It could be. Oh, so let's just set the stage for everybody. So we're doing a remote fact check right now. I'm in a motorhome in the driveway of a friend in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and you are in your apartment. Yeah, and we haven't seen each other in a long time. Yeah, tomorrow will be a week. It feels like a lot longer. You know how my, my theory that novelty and adventure slows down time, you had a big yep. camping trip, and I've been in three different locations, and so I feel like, yeah, I've been gone for 20 days already. I want to give a quick update on my camping, and then I want us to really dive into your trip because okay, great. You, you've been doing so much cool stuff. Um, <laughs> okay, well, just as a quick update, everyone who listens knows I went camping and that it was going to be scary for me. You foreshadowed that you might die. So first and foremost, clearly yeah. you lived. I've lived through this uh -huh. uh, experience. Uh, my camping stove did come in time. Okay. That was a big TBD. That's right. That was a cliffhanger. You didn't use it though, right? I used it once. You did. I did. I forced, I said, <laughs> I bought all the, I bought so much <laughs> stuff. My setup was gorgeous. Of course. I'm gorgeous. sure. Yeah. But then of course, you know, I set up everything. I had like my cooking tools out. I had my stove. Of course, I accidentally bought propane and it needed butane. So okay. that was a big fail, but I borrowed some butane from Matt. And I had a, a collapsible sink. That came in real handy, actually. No kidding. Yeah, I washed my hands in it a lot with liquid death, which felt- um, Oh, extravagant. <laughs> Felt really extra. It sounded like Jaja Gabor would do or something. <laughs> like, don't you? There's always rumors about like actors or, well, generally actresses using like Evian to clean their face. This was like that. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so everything was gorgeous. And I brought, you know, food to make. And Molly called on the way and she was like, Do you want Jersey Mike's? And I was like, Yeah. Uh -huh. So I set everything up, but then I ate Jersey Mike's instead. Of course. But then the next morning, I made sausages on my stove. Oh, fun. How'd they taste? They, t 
they got burned. Okay. But um, yeah, butane burns <laughs> hot. You probably it's probably hot, right? It was so hot. I yeah. don't know why. It, I, and then I was confused. I was like, why can't I control the temp on this? Mm-hmm. And you really scorched those things, huh? Yeah, they were scorched. <laughs> but I ate them. Okay, <laughs> good. Well, it sounds like the theme of your trip was, I made my bed, I'm going to lie in it. I bought this stove. Now I'm going to fucking use it. I made That's these right. sausages. Sure, they're burnt, but I'm going to eat them. Sounds exactly. like a lot of, oh, ding, ding, ding. And you didn't have a bed. And that was a source of great discomfort because you didn't make the right bed. Yeah. So I thought I was camping clever. Like Mm -hmm. I thought I was doing the right thing, being a really good camper. I went on to camping website and bought my sleeping pad and sleeping bag. And you know, it all came. And when it came, I thought, man, everything's so tiny. This is amazing. And it because it's supposed to be tiny because people put it in backpacks and stuff. Yeah, you put it on your motorcycle and travel around. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know that. I just thought it was some, like, technology yeah. that was, like, making it super tiny but was going to blow up into this huge, comfortable thing. No, the sleeping pad was a, a half an inch. Yeah, it was a PP pad. It was definitely <laughs> a PP pad. <laughs> it was for a backpack. Like, yeah. I mean, and good for maybe a backpack, but not not for this type of thing. And you know what? I regret. I thought in my head, like, I should bring my air mattress. My air yeah. mattress is luxurious. It's huge. It's thick. Thick. It's incredibly comfortable, and it's very thick. Thick. But I thought, I can't be the one bringing an air mattress. Like That's, that's so silly. When we camped at that same spot, we brought air mattresses. Everyone did. Yes, Everyone brought air mattresses. And it, and Apparently. It, we oh. live in the era of the air mattress, so there's no reason to not use it. I thought that wasn't for real campers. Oh, okay. You're trying to be hardcore. Ain't it hard being so hardcore? Good job. Yeah. <laughs> so not only was it a half an inch... It was also incredibly narrow. Oh, boy. And you're already narrow. So if you're saying that, imagine what I'd be saying. It'd be a thong on me lying down. Yes. You would have spilled out all over it. Like, never. So I um, couldn't toss and turn. Coupled with buyer's remorse. And looking in other people's tents with full air mattresses and getting upset. Yeah. Okay, so that part wasn't (laughs) ideal. But it was fun. Ryan had, it was for Ryan's birthday. He had such a good time. We were right on the beach, which was super fun. We spent all day at the beach, which yeah. was great. Did any campers do mushrooms? I believe so, but I did not. Yeah. Because I was sleepy and I had to go to bed like a little camper. Yeah. You know, there's a weird serendipity happening, which is your brother went on a camping trip at the exact same time and he too bought a bunch of stuff. He went crazy, Aaron. Aaron went camping? Mm-hmm. He and Ruthie and the kids, and um, boy, oh boy, he bought everything. He, he bought so much shit, he had to rent a U-Haul <gasps> trailer wow. and hook it up to his car so he could lug it all. <laughs> he, oh, he, my That's God. textbook Aaron, by the way. That is, that's like vintage Aaron Weekly. His character defects, and he won't mind me telling them on the air because God knows he'd say it too. He's a very impatient person. So if he gets an idea he wants something, he yeah. has to have it in like 10 minutes. Oh, this okay. has led to I some have a weird. Lot of that. Yeah, he's had a lot of regrettable like vehicle purchases and stuff because he just he oh. gets he has to have it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think he I think he was in his addiction a little bit when he when he planned for this camping trip. A little ma- manic. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like he like yeah. He just started. <laughs> he, I think he went to a place and just basically bought everything there. Yeah. 
I'm really glad I didn't go into an REI because I, I would have bought a lot of extras. But you probably would have been comfy and had a good time because you would have probably been able to try some of these things. Damn it. Mm -mm -mm. But fun was had. Some people probably did mushrooms. That's great. Yep. Do you want to hear a fun story for me about my- I want to hear all the fun stories, yes. Well, I'm not going to give you all of them, but I am going to say I went whitewater rafting with Lincoln, her first time yes. ever. And was she, it scary? No, she was um, she was so brave and excited and laughing and putting her hands over her head. And it was really fun. <laughs> it was really, really fun. And then yesterday, my dad and I, Tom Hansen, took a really long motorcycle ride, like 200 miles. And a good 60 of it was a dirt trail across the back of the Tetons. It was a pretty Ooh. extreme ride. And oh, so yeah. we found this like dam just in the middle of the mountain, this very rudimentary like earthenware dam. And we decided to pull over and have some water and stuff. So we're sitting there chatting. And then two guys roll up on uh, adventure motorcycles, like mostly for off-road. And they get off and it's clearly a father and son. And they have ridden their motorcycles from Colorado on that <gasps> dirt path. They take oh this God. thing called the Continental Divide Trail and they leave Colorado and they're just on a dirt road all the way here to Wyoming. And they go beyond that. And they were telling us, so this is what they do, right? And they're father and son. I just get happy when I see that there are dads that, you know, they do that. They invite their son and they have that relationship and they have a hobby together. And these guys have been all over the country riding motorcycles on dirt roads. And so we get to talking and we're talking for a few minutes and the, the son says, are you Dak Shepard? And I said, yeah. And I, you know, it's a dude on a motorcycle. So my, I guess my, yeah. my, I said, um, oh, did you see chips? And he goes, uh -huh. oh, no, no, I haven't seen that. He goes, no, no, I like your podcast. And he was an armchair. Oh, that's oh. awesome. <sighs> Running into an armchair, like in the middle of a mountain on a fucking dam. Oh. It was really lovely. I love seeing armchairs in the wild. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, truly in the wild. This yeah. was really in the outback. Can I say that story reminded me a little bit of a horrible, horrible tragedy that happened in my hometown. Oh. I think it's also maybe been on the news globally because my therapist said she thought maybe she saw. Oh, really? One of my very, very, very good childhood friends, her husband was murdered and it's just- Do they still live in Duluth? Not in Duluth, but in, a, in another suburb. Okay. So like right there. It's, I mean, it's just unimaginably tragic. He was working and he was a golf pro and he was working at his golf course and somebody crashed onto the golf course and he went over to see what was going on to a probably ostensibly help mm -hmm. and and they shot him. That is so crazy. So that person was just had gone berserk. They're crashing onto a golf course and they're shooting whoever they see. Well, there were two dead bodies in the truck. Oh my God. It's so awful. And they have two young mm. children and boys and that's sort of what reminded me, but mm. it's tragic. There is a GoFundMe for the family. So if anyone's interested, I'm sure if you just type in, his name is Gene Siller. Ashley, my friend, she is the person in the story 
about the swimming pool in Dairy Queen. She's no. my friend. No yeah. way. She's my friend who goes and says, like, why don't you ask Monica to be your boyfriend? Like, oh, that's, that's her. Oh, my gosh. And we were so, so close back then and wrote in each other's diaries. And we were so boy crazy at that time. And it was all we could talk about. And I, and, and I, I think back to that moment, like when we were in that time of our lives and just not knowing where either of our lives was going to take us, but just specifically because it was about boys. And then she met this wonderful yeah. person and I went to the wedding and then, it's just so sad. It's so brutal. It's so brutal. No. It's those kind of things that make us all irrationally in search of control because exactly. these scary things happen. They're they're very low percentages, but especially when you know people and you think, wow, that that's a possibility. Yeah. Like you yeah, you spend all your time trying to convince yourself those things don't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when they do, it's very shattering. Anyway, um I just I just thought I'd share that in case anyone's interested in helping. And then also, you know, just as a, you know, it's a reminder that every day is, as cliche as it sounds, just so precious. Yeah. And we live such a privileged life. And I'm so grateful that we get to do this every day. Me too. Me too. Okay. This is for Kate Beckinsale. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Just delighted across the board with how brilliant she was and yes. very funny and sarcastic. And yeah, she was she was great. Did you say it on the, the program? You did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That you, it's Her only second time. Yeah, she's in the Gwyneth category. <laughs> yeah, where they, they actually glow. That <laughs> right. there's like something they're, they're about radiant. them. Yeah, they have like bioluminescence. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, wow. and they're actually glowing. Oh my god! I just learned. I just learned about bioluminescence recently. Oh, uh, on your camping trip? Because they're in yeah. the ocean. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes, yeah. right? Some areas of the ocean get a lit with beautiful colors from the algae being bioluminescent. Yeah. Mm. Should I tell people about the last day? <laughs> Absolutely, because you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's everything I liked about Howard Stern. Is that you know. He didn't pretend he wasn't a brat, you know. He didn't. Yeah. I love it. Like, and it's so you. You you did it. You went camping. Yeah. And it was not a great sleeping situation for you. And I think that'll further justify the next move, which I applaud. So, yeah. I mean, I'm no, I have zero regrets. I'm so glad I went. We had so much fun. And Ryan had so much fun. And that's why I was there. Yeah. But. The last day, I did stop at San Ysidro Ranch on the way home. Which is one of the most beautiful places ever. It's like in Santa Barbara. It's really outrageously beautiful. And they have these like individual cottages and there was a, <laughs> a pro we had private hot tubs in the back. Well, Molly joined you, which is great. She last minute, I, I got there and I was like, oh my God. I, you want to share it with is, someone, right? Yeah. I was yeah. like, this is amazing. But I was also totally happy to just be there by myself and soak in um, nature in a different way. Yeah. N nature with good service. In a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really good uh, food and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Delicious food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yes. So, so, so she joined. I, I said, come have Eric drop you off. So she did. And then, and we had just like a lovely 24 a hour stay. You guys take a lot of lovers trips. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, hi. Yeah. And they're, they're truly romantic destinations. When you're at these places, the, the couples you're seeing are there to, to patch things up, you know, to reconnect. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure, like that. Sure, sure, sure. They have the power of, of helping with that. Okay. And I, and see I that. pointed out that it seemed just like such a missed opportunity if you guys didn't, you know, be romantic on those trips, kiss, yeah. snuggle. Right. You yeah. really wanted that. Yeah. Um, it didn't happen. I'm sorry Look, to if say. Look, it if it didn't happen there, it's never going to happen. Because it couldn't be more romantic. I'm imagining you guys are drinking wine. You're yep. in a hot tub together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're scantily clad. <laughs> this is not going to happen. No. But we had deep conversations as we do. Do you think that's a generic guy thing? Like, you don't, do you ever have the thought when Aaron and I take our special trips, like, I hope they're kissing and stuff? No. <laughs> I never think that. Let me throw another wrench in it, though. Okay. What if Danny, Ricardo, and I take kind of a romantic trip together? No. You won't think we should kiss? No. Okay. All right. I mean, you you can. I'm totally happy if you do. I think that's great. But I I have no uh, skin in the game. Like, I don't care. Who's, who's playing patty cake? Yeah. Like, uh, how about this? Because he and I have this long-running joke, which I've told you about, which is we're going to find a very romantic bridge to walk across. Yep. <laughs> so in the event that you saw a picture of us on this most romantic bridge, uh-huh. at that point, would you think, Mm, that's kind of a waste. They didn't kiss. No. Okay. Great. Well, we solved it. No. I'm, I'm yeah. putting this whole issue to bed. Yeah. But I also, you know, I've been single my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I don't have that thing. I don't yeah. have like, I'm in a romantic place. Well, I mean, I've had to not have it, right? Like, yes. I'm not just going to not go to fun places because I'm not in a couple. Like, no way. I'm R- going. Right. Right. And I'm not going to spend the whole time being like, I wish I was here with a boy. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing that either. I'm just going to enjoy myself. Right. Right. So I've, tra- you know, I've trained my brain. Yeah, you're right. And any- I never went anywhere romantic without the express goal of making out there. Right. So for me to be at somewhere romantic and you're not in some romantic entanglement, it seems like a waste. I Yeah, I yeah. get that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, uh, not to circle back to the hot tub, but if it didn't happen there, it's just, it, you know, it's it's not going to happen. It's not. Well, I'm not <laughs> going to rule out. Hold on. I have one more caveat. Okay. If you guys ever decide to do MDMA on one of these trips, then I would say all bets are off. I, I, I don't know what might happen. Okay. All right. But you remember our last fact check. It was literally last fact check. You're not going to do it. Check. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to do it. Yeah, I'm not doing it. So, okay, I'm going to get into some facts. Okay, great. How tall is Vin Diesel? Oh, great. He's six feet according to the internet. Okay. That's all I can go on? Yeah, we got to trust it. You know? Yeah. We only know what we know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, oh, I know. Let me type your name in. Let's see if it's right. Okay. This is our double blind experiment. (laughs) (laughs) Six two. Yeah. It's kind. It's right. It. It's right. Sometimes yeah, it's you're more six right three, than wrong. Kristen Bell, five one. That's, That's a bingo. right. Yeah. Is okay. your height in there? I, 
I doubt it, but let's see. Let's see. <laughs> oh, no. Monica Pavin maintains a slim body build. Ooh. She stands She stands five feet four inches. Oh, oh, wow. Tall and weighs 110 pounds. All of that's incorrect. Wow. They added four inches for you. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> that's so, kind of nice. So it is possible Vin Diesel's 5'8". Oh. Because we now have an example of someone adding four inches. But can I be... Um, I'm not critical because this is wonderful that someone took the time to write this and say I have a slim body build. Yeah. Uh, but it's on a website called AnswersAfrica.com. Very interesting. It's, it's not like coming up on Google in the same way that if I type in your name. Okay. Or it's a little deeper. His. It's a little bit of a deeper dive. It's a deeper dive. Yeah. It's that's a great dive. though, people. That's part of the mystery that we discussed earlier. Okay. So this is crazy. You're going to love this. Oh. Oh. Laura. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I just, I had a couple friends reach out. In fact, Fred Raskin, who is Quentin's editor, he reached yeah. out. He said, I just wanted you to know you're actually right. Pee Wee Herman uh, Adventure was before the TV show. Oh. Yeah, I had a few people come to my defense. So. Okay. R rightly so. Neither you or I thought to question what I Quentin didn't. said. He's an encyclopedia. Yeah, no, it's fine. But this I'm is a so rare sorry. case where I. You know, because I was so embarrassed by that, if you recall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, Laura looked up unifile. And on Urban Dictionary, this is what it says. One who has a passion or love of high-status universities, such as Harvard or Yale, coined by Dax Shepard and Monica <laughs> Padman... The two hosts, the two hosts of America's best podcast, Armchair Expert. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Oh One of our armchairies obviously did that. Oh my god! What a I know. what a fucking feather in the cap, right? Mm -hmm. It's already a ten with just getting credit for that. I'm at a ten. Yep. I'm not then waiting to hear also from the best podcast. Exactly. It was a roller coaster of emotion because when I first started reading it, I was like, oh, it's already a word. Mm, oh, right, we, right, right. That makes sense. We didn't make it up. Yeah. But then coined. That oh was really God. exciting. Oh, wow. Okay. What year did John Lennon die? 1980. Okay. I was five. I was negative seven. Yeah. You were already an egg in your mom's belly, but your dad had not made that sperm yet. Yeah. Ew. Assuming your mom got her eggs in her period by 1980, which I think it's safe to say she did. She did. She did. We don't have to check with her. I know that's true. Yeah. Okay. How long do rabbits live? English rabbits can live to nine years. Hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, not English. European rabbits can live to nine years. Some, some of these say eight years... So around that, domestic rabbits usually live between 8 and 12. Okay. Oh, my goodness. You get a dozen out of one of those things? But that's for pets. Yeah. So that's kind of on par with a with a dog. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have I told you the story about the bunny? I actually revisited this story because when Molly and I were in San Ysidro oh, Ranch. <laughs> Giggling in bed next beds next to each other. <laughs> when we were in paradise, yeah. there was this gorgeous bunny hopping around. Oh, that's a symbol of love. Well, even the bunny didn't spark romantic yeah, kissing it's not or feeling. Yeah, it's just yeah, not, it's gonna not gonna happen. But anyway, we saw this bunny and then we were talking about animals and it reminded me that when I was, I think 
first grade or kindergarten or something, we had a pet bunny. Mm. And its name started with a B, mm-hmm. like Bacchanalia or like Britannica or something like long started well, with a B. Okay. And people took turns taking it home. Oh. And Oh, it was a school pet. Yes. Oh my god, I was I, I was having a hard time imagining your parents okay to pet bunny. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't say that right. Yeah, yeah, we had a pet bunny at school. There we go. We had a school bunny and kids took turns taking it home. Ooh, a lot of responsibility. And then it was my turn and I was so excited. It was the best day. And then of course, my mom comes to pick me up and I'm like, "We're bringing the bunny home." And uh. she was so pissed. Uh-huh. But she's also like, you know, a rule follower. So she's not going to go to the school and be like, hey, we can't take care of this bunny. No, because it would be a, a bad student. Exactly. And we got to be a perfect student. Yes. Yeah. So we took the bunny home and she's upset and there's poop and oh, she has to, you know, the yeah. poop, she hates the poop. And, yeah. and then my best friend, neighbor, Julia came over and Julia let the bunny out. Oh boy. It crawled under the bed and pooped all over the place and oh, he couldn't get it out. And my, <laughs> my mom hated me from that oh, day forward. For the rest of your life. And then I was telling the story to Molly and she was like, well, no wonder you don't like animals that much. And I'm like, huh, maybe that does have something to do with it. That totally could have something to do with it. (laughs) And I'm projecting. If I'm going to put a lot of work into anything in the world, I I want a big return. Yeah, of course. That's just kind of my standard, you know, like you could apply that to anything in my life. I'm willing to put up with a lot, assuming there's like great reward at the end of it. And I just, the affection I would receive for a bunny doesn't do it for me. Yeah, and their poops are so gross. I thought they pooped exactly like the food they ate, like pellets. They do, they do. That is so weird. It appears it just passes right through them. It's so gross. But 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 I'm just saying, I wonder, and you never know, like if I approached the car with this bunny cage and my mom was like, oh my gosh, like, this is gonna be so fun. A little friend is spending the night. Then I, you know, we just don't know. We don't know. I still, knowing you, (laughs) I I still think not. But yeah, that could be part of it. Yeah. Okay. This is why I think there's more to it than just that, is that you and I almost every time I'm witnessing someone going through so much work for a dog. Yeah. I'm basically rolling my eyes and then I'll turn my head and I'll always catch you and you're in the exact <laughs> same spot. Like I, there's not been one time where I was having that feeling. I didn't look over and see that you were having the exact same feeling like, wow, man, this is a tremendous amount of work. I, to me, it seems nearly on par with having kids, but you don't yeah. get to oh, yeah. watch them grow up and they don't take care of you when you're ill, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess for people who are, you know, yeah, we should be careful. really connected. Well, no. Also, we don't need to be careful because Kristen is this. And I recognize, this is the same way I feel about Amy Hansen and Jesus. Like, I don't believe in Jesus, but I can look at her and see that Jesus is in her heart. I, I see yes. it. Similarly, I can see the value that dogs give to people and, totally. and it totally justifies it. But for me, I just, I don't get that much out of the exchange. I I agree. Like, I think they bring a lot of joy to a lot of, not joy, like real true love to a lot of people. And they were a huge part of our evolution. That's the first animal we domesticated and they were very useful. So we're we're here in large part thanks to dogs. Yeah, we like them 
but they are a lot of work and they bark a lot. Because you can't even actually come up with a scenario, like you couldn't craft the perfect scenario where I would enjoy a dog. Because you could say like, well, what if you had someone that full-time did all the stuff you didn't want to do? It fed it, it picked up the poop, it took it to the vet, it washed it, it vacuumed it, the hair yeah. that's everywhere. <laughs> Still, 60% of the time when it jumps on my lap, I'm not in the mood to have something on my lap. Yeah. But you would like your kid to snuggle you on your lap, Oh, 100% of my day, I want my kids to jump on my lap. Yeah. 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 But a dog. No. You know me, I'm not attracted to neediness, and I think they're they're just innately needy. They are. They are because they can't talk or do. Yeah. (laughs) Makes me want one. I could... I don't know why I'm acting like I don't have dogs. I mean, I, have I was about two, to say you've dogs. had you've had a hundred dogs since yes. you married Kristen. None by my own doing. No, but you take good care of them. Yeah. Well, I'm not a jerk. Like if, if I no. see them, I give them attention and stuff. But yeah, we got the one do. dog. You know, all, the way he shows attention is he bites your hand. Not not hard, but it's just I don't want dog spit all over me and teeth marks. He has a butt rash right now. Oh fuck. I'm not surprised. His breath is so terrible. I don't know what what we do differently than other dog owners, but both of our dogs have the shittiest breath. <laughs> Fuck, are they bad? And I'll go over to the Hansons, and they got that big meatball of a dog. I know. Fucking hammy, a bulldog. It's just a yeah. big, huge honey-baked ham. And yep. it, his breath smells great compared to our dogs. Yeah, but his farts. Oh, they're unbelievable yeah you can't even be in in a six mile vicinity i was just explaining that dog just oh someone's saying their dog farted all the time and i said oh is it a bulldog and they said no why and i said well our friends have a bulldog and i can't even actually say that the dog farts as much as the dog leaks gas all day long like it's just seeping out of its butt i don't even think it's an actual fart no i agree but part of it is because they the tail like there's no uh muffler the tail doesn't cover it Right, there's the no filter. Hole. Yeah. Yeah, none of it, none of it's get caught in the tail. <laughs> I'm surprised cats don't have bad farts because of that. Their butthole's so exposed. Oh, there's nothing grosser than a cat butthole. Ugh. Okay, Oof. I want to. All right, let's move, move on. on. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> um, is Mr. Belvedere dead? Yes, oh. he is. His name is Christopher Hewitt. And he died in 2001. Ooh, 20 years ago. Not as a result of the Belvedereing, though. I don't complications think so. from the Belvedereing. I don't think so, but oh, okay. I haven't heard. You okay. know, there's some stuff about these sumo wrestlers retract. You know, putting their balls up in their body and stuff. Gizmodo says that um, it's not true. It's a myth that James Bond started. Which of course, you know, ding ding ding, because she's English, so mm, this makes sense, right? But I guess. This was a novel, James Bond novel. He goes to Japan. Uh-huh. Oh, no. This is fraught with... Okay. This is not going to hold up in 2021, but he goes to Japan and he passes as Japanese. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Although he is supposed uh, to be a master of disguise. I think that's part of it. James Bond is getting lessons on how to be Japanese and is told by his teacher that sumo wrestlers can retract their testicles into their body, but it's not true. There's no mechanisms in your testicles. Now, granted, it has the power to shrink and expand. Do you know this about balls? 
They're no. constantly regulating their own temperature because they got to keep semen at a different temperature than your body. So, oh, that's interesting. That's why when guys go in a hot tub and they come out and their balls are fucking taffy, they're like two feet from their body because the balls are generally they're getting away from your own body temp when they're regulating. But when they're in the hot tub, they just keep getting further and further away, even though that's not the source of the heat. Oh my God. Oh, they're trying to like actually leave your body. Yes. Yeah, so when your balls drop, <laughs> like when it's hot out, most guys' balls get saggy and it's because your oh. balls are getting away from the source of the heat, your body. Oh my God. And conversely, when it they're getting too cold in the winter, your- Oh, they shrink up. Yes. Your scrotum contracts and it brings everything close to your body to keep it warm. Oh my God. I had no idea that was the reason. This We learned so much on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Testicles are fascinating, the fact that they do all that. Also, that for is. people who don't know, testicles are ovaries. The ovaries just distend down and become balls. Yep. So cool. Bodies are cool. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. Mm. Well, that's all my facts. Those were good ones. Well, that's a meaty fact check. All right. Well, we'll, we'll do another fact check yeah. on your road. Okay. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. 